Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Brother Date Star Trek Edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah, and I'm that's Matthew. Bootsy. <laughs> that's right. uh, I don't know what it is. I'm just so pumped to get into this. It's not because the episodes were good. Spoiler alert: these they episodes were are they were what, not good. They're what they're what Milpitas smells like. It's not. It was not a good week. Yeah, but I have been lifting weights and doing cocaine all day. I, I will say, I want a piece that- of these episodes. Most of these episodes didn't make me angry. And I will not agree with that. Okay. <laughs> I, I will say that probably four out of five made me pretty mad. Um, at, at, uh, three out of five. Three out of five made me angry. So we have set ourselves this terrible, onerous task. Mm. And you mitigate it to some extent by watching them in reverse quality order. Yes, again, this is just to fight any weird bias I have. Like, if I'm watching the fifth out of five, I'm burned out on Star Trek and I'm going to give it shitty scores or whatever. But also, I feel like you like to get the worst one out of the way. Yeah, well, it has turned out to be DS9 a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, today, I am fighting this uh, by uh, making myself a Super Chevella before the podcast started. Just, yeah, a little bit sauced. And... Yeah, that's my plan. By the time we get to Enterprise this week... <laughs> Which is often the least pleasant part of the podcast. Uh, I will have two beers and a large quantity of tequila in my system. It's a good idea, and I think you should probably apply it to watching the episodes. Because I imagine we could get some pretty zany stuff going. I guess that's true. These notes could be very interesting. I don't know. Like, I feel like... I have made observations that I did not expect to make. Like, I spend a lot of time talking about costumes. You do. You're, but you know, you're way into um, insignia and uh, and livery and things like that. So I'm not surprised. I guess that is. You know what? That's a hundred percent true. And I blame it on uh, our dad having those uh, books of hand painted plates of military uniforms from various eras. Oh, it's yeah. basically the best kind of book you can have. It's an awesome book. <laughs> I just oh. flip that shit open and be like, "What did a What did a Virginia Ranger look like in the French and Indian War?" <laughs> Marshawn and I, at one time, we were at a bookstore, so that's how long ago it must have been. And uh, I was really looking hard at a military uniforms encyclopedia, and that's the only thing I did the entire time we were at the bookstore while she went around from aisle to aisle looking at different shit. And then she's like, "We're not gonna buy that, are you?" And I was like, "No, I guess not." And I I guess the look (laughs) on my face was so sad that when we were in the parking lot, she's like, do you want to go back in and buy it? Like, we can go buy it. And I was like, no, it's not a big deal. We don't need to buy it. It's okay. It's all right. I can just look it up on the internet or something. So, And you sort of can. I sort of can, but not. that was really easy to see it all just right there in front of me. So, Yeah, boy, an encyclopedia of military uniforms. You know, the real problem is uh, that now 
they're not doing those hand painted plates anymore. I know. They're and using the they're using the the same thing that the redesigned the baseball uniforms guys use, I'm sure. Well, no, I mean, yes, <laughs> but but I, I'll go through this every couple of years. I'll be like, "What's new in our military's uniforms?" Because they are they change fairly fairly frequently, right? Uh, and it's like, oh, okay, so let me download this old historical document. Oh, look at all these hand painted plates of various ways a marine can wear their uniform. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, and here's the current document. It's just pictures. That's right. It's a picture of a dude. That's just a it's a picture of an actual marine in the uniform. <laughs> And that's not as cool. It's not as cool as a hand-painted plate of five people standing All in wearing a, slightly different Wearing versions. slight variations of the uniform <laughs> uh, in a half-painted scene. Like, there's a little bit of background behind them to yep. make it look semi-realistic, but then, like, the foreground is just blank. Well, this one's in his dress blues. And that's right. Like, oh, yeah, look at that. That's pretty good. And it's like, but this guy, <laughs> he's on... He's in his he's fucking... In his mess dress. Yeah, he's in his mess dress. And you're like, oh, his wow. his dinner jacket. Is... This is really... I want to join the Marines just for this. This is what Matthew, I'm into. Matthew, this week we watched The Menagerie Part 2. Yeah. Despite being... Um, despite being the part one of a two-part episode, uh, The Menagerie won last week. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. Um, despite pretty- it being a clip show, I liked it. Pretty good for what it's trying to do, right? Like, how do we reuse this footage from this failed pilot? And I will say they did a much worse job in two, before we get into it. It's, uh, well, it certainly scored lower for me. <laughs> um, because, frankly, it was most of the pilot. Yeah. There's much less of the surrounding material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Spock's court-martial continues as the Enterprise is forced to watch the rest of the unsuccessful pilot. Yeah, that's basically uh, correct. I'm just like, do I even want to describe what happens in it? I no, guess. I mean, look, hey, he so discovers I... that he's in a zoo and they want him to make babies because humans turn out to be like super resilient. Yeah, this is Chris Pike, yeah. So they try to drum up some dumb scenes so he'll fall in love with uh, Vina. Is his oh. name Vina? Yep, good job remembering the name. Uh, I did not, apparently did not write it down. At I any did point not here. write it down either, just, but when you said Vina, I went, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that's her name. Um,. And he uh, he escapes. Yes, in the end he does get away. And he leaves the lady behind because, well, she's mad ugly and what are you going to do? Yeah. She could never she could never live in society. She's too ugly. Yeah. And he understands completely. He's like, I understood her reasons. And everyone on the crew is like, oh, she's an uggo. I get it. I yeah, know. they did, no one asked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one was not like, I mean, we're leaving here with aliens? Because these aliens were bad until one so minute ago. She have a she had pretty good reasons? <laughs> I guess she... She's slightly deformed. Like, just until just the moment that we beamed back up, those guys were bad guys. So I, I just, I, maybe we should talk about it. They can make her hot. That's right, that's all that matters. She's slightly deformed. <laughs> to a woman life, so. in the 2260s, that is all yep. that matters. <clears throat> yep, she'll stay in the zoo. She's gonna be a zoo animal now. Um, I'm not even sure what I, if I remember what I had for the take for episode one. Something about loyalty? Yeah, it was about it was about Spock's loyalty. All right. So for part two, my take was a pleasant fantasy is preferable to a harsh reality. Since that is, seriously, I, mean, I guess that's what happens. That's what they go with. That's what happens in both the thing that we're shown and to Captain Pike. And in both both times, everybody seems in full agreement. Just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, Sounds no one is good. like really. <laughs> yeah. What about, no like, one, no one, overcoming no your boot. issues and, like, you know, just facing them head on? No, you just want to live in the fantasy world? Okay, well, that's cool. 
I mean, they get the Deus Ex Machina email from the real Commodore Mendez. Yeah. At the end, then they're like, "Look, we've seen the transmission. It's cool." Can't say I. We're not gonna. We're not gonna kill Spock. Can't Um, say I appreciated that. Yeah. So what a stupid ending, right? God. Um, But, but then, like, also Kirk's not like, really? Where you don't want to? Ever? He's just like, no, that that makes sense. I'd. I'd, I'd, I'd go live in the zoo with you, the, you do look like a ground beef face. You should with probably. The, with the brain aliens. It'll be good just because we won't have to look at you anymore. So yeah, go ahead. Go over I'd, there. I'd, I'd have that. Fa- I'd wear that Canadian tuxedo <laughs> in that in that park with the lady in oh, a fantasy. Yeah. He was uh, having a great time. There were horses and everything. It was amazing. Why, why didn't they get him cowboy boots to um, go with that outfit? Anyway. Space, space, space future. Those were Not retired. a joke. I, I literally, like, I, most of the time I spent thinking about that episode afterwards were about his outfit. <laughs> um, so my take, a little different. Uh, captivity is intolerable and inhumane. Well, that's what we were shown as well in the uh, pilot footage, for sure. Uh, and, you well, know, I guess you could, you could. Uh, I'll let you talk about it. Go ahead. Yes, exactly. Like, he, he, he's, he takes this weird bargain to escape the confinement in his flesh prison also. Yeah. Even though I guess he'll still be in his flesh prison, but he'll think he's not? Yeah, but fuck it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's one of those things, right? Like, have you ever expressed a feeling and then had have somebody say, no, you don't? <laughs> you ever had someone try to refute your feeling? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, dog. Like, yeah. I didn't I, tell you my make... feelings so you could tell me I was crazy for thinking it. It might not make sense, but this is what I feel. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, if he's living his fantasy life in his mind, who cares that his body is sitting? Like, if he's not experiencing it, who cares that his body is sitting in? Do you think they kept him in that chair? Well, I'm, I, I, I still think he probably is wired into it, and if he comes out, he dies. Because oh, otherwise, there's no reason half, to sit in Half an chair. iron long. That's not a good chair, so I think it has to be life support as well. But, I mean, they can I just move got... him to, like, other life support if they want it. I don't know. I hope they got batteries. Like, there's a bit in there when they're explaining their scenario where they talk about, and it'll already be the second time in this series that it happened, uh, people that have, they have lost the understanding of the technology of their predecessors. Mm. So, like, I hope they I hope they can do something with that chair. Yeah. Because he might be horse riding in that weird dome or whatever, and then... Like, just beef it. <laughs> yeah, That seems sad. Like, a sad way to go. Like, yeah. oh, we're gonna give him this life, and then one week later, someone spills water into his chair, and he's just dead? Yeah, hopefully there's, like, an AC adapter or something. Anyway. Um, um, that's a... That's a medium good... idea. Uh, I gave it a five for, for a premise. Uh, where are you I, on your... Uh, delusion premise i also gave it a five okay different premises but we both agreed they were pretty average it's like they're kind of doing a sci-fi concept here so yes it's not a it's not a high concept but it's something yeah it wasn't hard to detect so they don't they don't get smoked because if i can't come up with anything i'm gonna smoke you on the score because it should be not so obvious that you just have to say it though that's fine it, it can't be <laughs> we've fun. we've rated we've rated highly yes. when they've someone has just said the premise, but you know just to, just make it clear what you're going for. That's all. 
Uh, one thing that lowered the execution score for me, I only gave it five on execution, mm. uh, is the I hated everything about the love plot. The, the love subplot in the pilot. The sea story of this episode, I guess. Is that the plot where everyone's in love with the captain? Well, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. And by the way, I also super hated it when he referred to her as uh, a wild little animal. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I didn't like anything about that. I didn't I hated like... that 100%. I didn't like when he talked about that other lady having, like, a... Uh... The greater than average female drives. Oh yeah, they slut shamed. They slut shamed that redhead a hundo. Basically, talking a about hundo. How they slut shamed her. He's like, she's wet, and I was like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is going. This is not how. I oh, like. they put her. They super. They put her on blast. <laughs> they put her on blast so hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's real. It's a real old fashioned sixties and before thing where they're like, he's the captain. Everyone would want to fuck him. And I think yep. part of it is that they're sci-fi writers, and they're like, I wouldn't it be great to be the captain, and everyone wants to fuck you. Yep, that's 100% what was happening and there. it's not comfortable, yeah. I also like... Um, well, again, like I said, I gave it a 5. Uh, and we'll do more characterization stuff later. Although it's hard to do characterization in this episode because yeah. the characters that are staying in the episode are barely in it. That is correct. Um, yeah, so let, what did you give it? I gave it a 3 on execution. Yeah, not great, um, right? Yeah, so let me get to... I'll, I'll just go through my notes. Uh, the lady telling him all of the stuff about the aliens was kind of an effective way to deliver the exposition. This is the only good point. She, because she's, she seems like she's kind of reluctant to do it, but she's already, you know, she's fallen, she's fallen for him because he's handsome Captain Pike. And he, so he keeps convincing her to tell her more and more stuff about the aliens that he can use against them. And I thought it was a decent way to introduce more and more info about them and how to overcome them and shit like that throughout the episode. So that was the only positive point. Obviously, we just talked about how there were no stakes in the end after all, because it's just like, everyone went, oh, you know what? No, never mind. It's cool. You can just go to the planet. It's all right. Yep. So there's now, like, nothing to stop them from just doing whatever they want. Yeah, real deus ex machina. Yeah. Um, so while they all agree in the end that Pike will be better off pretending um, he's happy, I assume that lady's still there, too, with that lady on Talos 4. Yeah, we legitimately don't... Oh, wait, no, they... Uh, well, who knows? They show him going back in there at the end with her, which I think is cute because that's actually her fantasy from the pilot. Yeah. Like, they're showing what she sees at the end, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, that does, she wouldn't have to be there for that. No, I agree. He could just she could be, She could it. be long dead. Like, he could have given her Rigelian flu or whatever <laughs> that he got off that Cossack. <laughs> and she could have died one week after they... He was only there like a day. She could have died one week later. That's mm. true. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't matter to him. He's going to be living in his fantasy world anyway. Yeah. Um, but does that kind of make them all hypocrites? Like, okay, so the only death penalty offense can be so easily overlooked, and they can all decide to ignore the great danger this one time, right? This was the yes. thing that they had decided last episode was the only thing in the entire book of the Federation that was you could get killed for, like the executed for. And then they're just like, nah, it's not a big deal. Uh, so, like we thought last episode, this whole thing's just a poorly written device to make the pl the plot more dramatic. Yes. Um, but then the you know the, with the conclusion, it, it kind of it really stung a lot. And then uh, what are the stakes? And by the way, again, they could achieve the exact same stakes by just saying that the penalty for mutiny is still death. Yeah, because he 
he straight up does a mutiny and steals a starship. Because, by the way, uh, mutiny is not such a serious, it's a much less serious offense now. It's probably still a death penalty offense. Oh, yeah. If you, you know. But in our connected world where a ship can't really disappear, it's not such a big deal. But, like, in the Age of Sail. Oh, yeah. Where you were really isolated, like you would be on a starship. Yep. You know, mutiny is serious. For sure. No, again, that would have been much They hanged a lot of people in those days. Here's another thing. What are the stakes for the Telosians? What's in this for them? Well, okay, so they're obviously way into this. For some reason, they're way into getting this guy back. Yeah, do you think they think that they can somehow make his dick work? That's what I was going to say. Like, is it going to be a scenario in 50 years where there's a human colony down there? I was never even exactly sure what their plan was in the first place. Is this Tasha Yar's planet? <laughs> exactly. This is Turkana 4. They renamed Talos to Turkana. Turkana. In yeah. the interim. Yeah. yeah. Will they be able to do a weird repopulation? Because I don't think his dick works. And two, I was never sure why they wanted to do that. What was the point? Uh, they wanted humans to make the surface livable again. But, but there's so only remember three that they're of not them. technological. We only see three of them. Oh, okay. So maybe I there's more of those big brain dudes hanging out. I think we are meant to believe there's more than three. Okay. And they can't do it because they're weaklings with big brains? Yes. Because they come to the surface. Like, they're on it. It doesn't like it, it's not poison to them. Yeah, they can take that elevator. But apparently it's just getting to that point where you can breathe up there. Ooh. But they can't make it, like... Farmable? You can't just live up there. There's, there's no nothing's growing... Yeah. They, they probably need cows and stuff. Exactly. You gotta have some cows. So, like, human cows? That, and that, by the way, they're setting the stage for that with Christopher Pike's horse riding fantasies. <laughs> yeah, human cows. What does that mean? I don't know. Where are they gonna get the cows? Are you talking about Mad Max? I'm just, yes. Are you envisioning a uh, Fury Road scenario? I can't envision anything else. They have two humans. They have one and a half. Hu- they have one no, human that image combined. has stuck with me, too. You're, you're 100% right. They have one human combined. How are they supposed to repopulate anything and then form a society all right i'm just saying i don't understand what their plan is well i don't know because there's like a there's like a subplot here where as in that voyager episode these people are kind of story eaters yeah like really they just want to watch these fantasies and uh rub themselves probably probably whack it real good like who knows who knows what they got for genitalia? Maybe they got like oh, they probably have huge balls that look just like their heads. Yeah, that's right. They got they got big old bulbous head balls underneath yeah. their tiny little wings. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, just like in that whatever that dumb Voyager episode was. I don't, uh, even, I don't even remember. There was one where they were where they were farming people. No, there was, there was, do you remember where, it's probably Prime Factors, because I think it's a Prime Directive episode, where they were going to trade Voyager's literary library? Oh, with the gross European dude. Oh, yes, with that, oh, with that guy. Mm, That guy was Oh, that guy. He was very unsavory. I did not appreciate (laughs) anything he did, and I did not like how Captain Jamie was way into him. Oh, but you know what they didn't do? I kind of want to go back and give him points for this if I can figure out what episode that was. You know what they didn't do is show that guy giving Janeway an oily foot rub. Oh, boy. Wait, are we going to just hand out points every time someone doesn't do that? 
I don't know. Like, uh, that may be the first time I attempt to award negative points for execution when uh-huh. we get to that. Ep- By the way, that episode is terrible, so I, there's no need to do that. We won't ever get to that. That's season three, right? There's that no episode way. is both terrible and reprehensible. The so one we're talking about not... is the one where they're bargaining over the wormhole and Devonani Rawls. It's called what? The Price. The Price. And Devonani Rawl is a gross dude who comes on and rubs Troy's oily feet, and they give it's us a he... lot of shots of her. He does nastiness. a lot of pickup artist nonsense. Ugh. And oh, then he yeah. rubs her oily feet, like, too close up. I didn't like and that. And she's wearing a light pink toenail polish, and that's, it's like the worst color. Because it's, like, Uncanny Valley. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yes. oh, she's almost not wearing toenail polish. It's just wrong. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's just exactly wrong. Let's not talk anyway. about that. We, we have a lot of time before we have to talk about that. That's about three years in the future at our current... We're, a reminder <laughs> that we are on episode 12 oh, of boy. each series. <laughs> it hurts every time you say stuff uh, like that. Anyway, they didn't do that in that European episode. But there's an aspect of that. So, like, uh, maybe... Maybe they only sort of care about repopulating the planet. Okay. Well, it wasn't clear. Anyway, I gave it a three in execution. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> world building. They did some. Okay. I mean, the pilot did some. The actual... <laughs> the, again, the events of the framing device didn't do anything, but then it doesn't really matter because the pilot takes place in the same universe, so I guess it's all world building. Sure. Uh, so, like, uh, I guess Rigel 7 is like a Cossack planet. Like, what happened there? That place is a mess. Yep, yep. Um, channeling the ship's power through a phaser beam on the planet seems like a super useful ability, and I don't think we'll ever see that again. Probably not. Well, we do see in the next generation, they do tend to like, yeah, we can just shoot a beam of power over to whatever. That they, always seems to work. They do seem to have many different kinds of emitters that can shoot many different kinds of energy. But we, we never see a... Uh, we, we never see a ground-mounted phaser cannon again, do we? Maybe in Deep Space Nine somewhere. I don't know. I don't remember it. Anyway, that was cool. I guess it was just a laser, though. What about, um, does the count that Worf was in the back of that all-terrain vehicle in one of the movies? And he, <sighs> It was an all-terrain vehicle-mounted weapon, right? Didn't he have one? In the Argo? It makes me so mad. <laughs> Can't wait till we get to do those! It's the stupidest part of that movie. We get to do those! a stupid movie. <laughs> Uh, no, no, the entire B4 arc is stupider, but still. Everything about it's stupid. It's just a... It's I like, mean, that's part of that arc. It, that's why they're on that planet. It checks all the stupid marks, that movie. Um, yeah. What else did you have? Uh, Earth has become uh, some kind of crazy madman's garden where plants from all over the world are in the same dumb park. Okay. Like, didn't it seem like they were like, here's some tropical plants and here's a fern. <laughs> right, yep. Yeah, those don't grow in the same areas. Sure. Uh, this is the pilot. They got a phaser overload in. I know. Uh, and it, it was very clear to Pike what was happening, but not yeah. to the redhead necessarily, or not to the blonde chick. I was like, "What's going on?" It's like I also think of her as a redhead, but oh, I see what you mean. The you mean Vina? Yeah. Was was it Vina or was it the was it the the horny redhead? Oh, I don't know. One of the two. All right. <clears throat> They were she like, was... what's going on? And he's like, she's <laughs> overloading a phaser and we're all gonna die. Her basement was too flooded for her to concentrate on anything else. <laughs> she's like, wait, what? what's what's happening? Um, I guess uh, other species are a lot cooler with captivity. They did. Because they... Yeah. those Talosians were like, this is, this is unprecedented. That you don't like this. This has never happened before. He also mentions over and over again how man is way more... Um, 
what 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 term does he use? They're... Primitive? No, adaptable. Oh, oh adaptable. He yeah, he does over and over again. How like, adaptable they are? What do you mean? Don't worry, don't explain. I don't want to hear it. It's fine. Um. Again, in this episode, we see the idea that humanity is on the cusp, like right on the edge of becoming something more powerful. They're like, no, you would learn to use our powers. Yeah. And then you would just do the same thing as us. And they're like, oh, that's a thing you can just learn? Like, we're just right there? It's It feels like the same. This is already the second or third time it's come up in this series alone. I mean, and it's not only that, but we see Q worried about it in TNG. Q is super concerned about it. Yeah. Humans are pretty good, because... Yeah, but apparently we're, like, we're just right at the edge of becoming something else. According to Babylon 5, it takes, like, thousands of years before we learn how to become balls of light. Yeah. Um, but, after saying all of those... <laughs> I mean, none of those things is, um, it says anything really major about the universe, but after all of that, uh, there's also all of the Orion slave girl nonsense, so yeah. overall it's a four for me on world building, because it loses points. If you if you world build in a bad way, I take away points. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, number one was wearing trousers like a man. Yes. What a fucking dyke. Um, but you have to understand about her that she's a walking computer. She is. Whatever that. She's an electric brain. An electric brain, exactly. But still in love with the captain. It must yeah, be. Yeah. Well, that's clearly that. clearly the case. Uh. Let's see. So the Telosians are actively sending these images. I I, don't, I wasn't sure if that was clear in the first episode. I thought maybe they had just been previously recorded by the Telosians and that Spock somehow had a hold of them. But no, they're like they were actively sending all of those images. They were involved in these proceedings. Yes, and from the dumb Deus Ex Machina, we understand that they were projecting uh, fantasies into Kirk's mind from the moment he left the starbase. That is correct. <clears throat> so clearly, they got a little range. So frankly, this whole "don't go near the planet" thing kind of meaningless. They can make anybody fantasize about anything within fucking light years. It's closing the closing the barn door after the horse uh, took a shit it's outside another of the barn. horse. I, no, he took I a shit outside of the barn, and that's why it's too late. Because he shit it out there. There's a you're going to step there. in it. Yep. There's there's a poop out there. Don't get, step in the poop. I always imagine in the old west, people are getting dragged by horses, so you'll probably get dragged through it too. I assume. Oh, that's oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you'll get dragged oh, right nasty. through a big old pile of it too. Fresh. Although it's probably like for that millisecond, it's probably a little softer. <laughs> you're, then With you're a, the rest of the ride. Hay, it's mostly hay, right? So it's like. Uh, at least I didn't hit a rock during that moment. The rest of the ride, you're you're like half of you is hoping there's more turds, yeah. But then half of you's going, I don't know, I don't really want those in all of my scrapes. You know, that's a good point. It's going to lead to an infection. I'll definitely get an infection. There's like, no penicillin yet. My mind's always very occupied when I'm being dragged around. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Uh, was that a real? Was okay. So I put. I don't even remember. I put in the notes here all of Mendez's garbage opinions about Orion slave women. Was that a real? Was that a real Mendez? Was that a fantasy Mendez? Wait, what does Mendez have to say about Orion <sighs> slave I, women? Maybe I put in the wrong name. I don't remember. Someone was talking about how um, wonderful and uh, and desirable oh, they are. The creepy leering guy in that fantasy. I don't. I, don't I know. hated that dude. Yeah. I don't, uh, all the Orion slave woman stuff is pretty, pretty unhappy for me. I did. The whole like thing that. was terrible, and then he's like, he was. He couldn't resist it, dude. He had to leave the room. He's he's like, what if, uh, what if the whole universe was like this, and this was one small sample? Uh, By the way, I have him as worst actor because I hated him so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have him as the other Starfleet guy. You're one right. small sample. Yeah. Worst actor. Uh, oh, God, I just hated him. Yeah. Like, he's at the he's at the weird harem. Yeah. Getting drunk with uh, the fantasy traitor version of Pike. Yes. And he is just like, yeah, what? I'm the, uh, I, I'm the other Starfleet captain? I'm the guy who would be running the Enterprise if you weren't there? Like, it's not clear who that guy's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a creepo. Real creepo. Uh, someone says this laser is empty. Seems to indicate some kind of fuel source. I don't know. They didn't really get into it. Um, That's true. It's not well, not well explained. Uh, somehow all that ended up with a four, but that feels generous. I, I, I guess I'll I'll stick with it because it's not that's a good a, score. But that's a little generous, but whatever. It's a four. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the characterization of this episode? Well, like we talked about, it's pretty much all flashbacks. They could didn't in the beginning at least they had to set up the episode, and so they they had the characters do stuff. In this one, they all just sat around and watched the shit. Um, but what I've got is, this must have been hard for Kirk, condemning his best buddy Spork to die. Yep. Also, Spock knew Kirk uh, would never quit until he took back that ship. So they... Um, they so this whole thing is a ruse. So they made, they made the whole thing up. <laughs> um, Spock is uh, uh, pulling the shit that he will later pull a million times. Uh, the shit where he lies and cheats and then says that it, he was just doing it all by the book and it wasn't technically lying. Yep. And uh, so that's... We're starting to see that kind of behavior from him already. We've already seen T'Pol do it at least once. Um, yes, in, in the, the other scene. In scene we did not talk about where she's playing hide-and-seek. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it's much worse when it comes from her. She's not charming. Like, Spock is actually a little... He's a little bit charming. Well, he's often mugging for the camera. He is happens. mugging for the camera, and when he says those things, you feel like uh, he knows he's bullshitting. Yeah, he says it knowingly, like, I'm such yes. a fucker. Aren't I a fucker? But she, she, when she delivered the dumb line to a kid playing hide-and-seek, she just deadpanned it. Yeah, she's not great. Um, we'll get to her. Uh, I, gave it a f- I gave it a four again. Uh, there wasn't much for anyone to do. I, I thought Kirk and Spock, did all, they did all right. There was no one else in the episode, so it doesn't matter. I mean, except okay. for the pilot people, which I don't count because they're never coming back. I have a couple of thoughts on this. On this one, um, they really made no changes between Pike and Kirk when this went to series. Yeah, like they gave Kirk all of the same characteristics as Pike. The only thing they dropped is the part that I think would have been resolved at the end of this pilot anyway, where he was sick of being the captain. <laughs> That's right. Like he seduces his way out of a problem sure he um he uses his primitive emotions to overwhelm people like he's basically yeah that's exactly what kirk Kirk would do kirk would use his hate emotions so powerfully that it would overwhelm the big-headed aliens yep exactly like you could you could slot kirk into this it'd be exactly the same it's kind of what we already saw in the one with two kirks really when he was imagining all the terrible things that he would (laughs) say to trick a little bit but without that great meek Kirk performance. <laughs> well, obviously, Chris Pike is no... Whoever the hell played Chris Pike is no Bill Shatner. That we know. Oh, man. I I have such a wash of nostalgia from that episode. <laughs> no, I know. What did we rate like, that? It was like six episodes ago. Would we rate it like a ten? I mean, it couldn't have rated well. Uh, <laughs> this is, let's look back. Uh, <laughs> and I got 30 points, but that's pretty low for uh, the yeah, original series. That's not a great score, but we do look back on it fondly. It was uh, fun. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's so, so much shatting. 
It's yeah. it's a full shat. Yeah, the Shatner school um, of acting was in session. This is more. I mean, this could have been a quick hitter too. Uh, how come Electric Brain Number One has such elaborate hair and painted nails? Um, because it's the '60s, right? Because it's the '60s, obviously. But also in universe, it's because she calculated that that would get her the farthest. That's it that's it a good point. Cold and calculated. For that's sure. canonical. Yes. When Kirk accuses Spock of emotionalism, he's a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. But the whole exchange suggests to me that Spock can joke about something that's like pretty core. Yeah. Like got a good sense of humor. I liked seeing that aspect. That's the only thing that happened character wise in this episode. Because <laughs> yeah. right at the end. There wasn't much. Uh, I did like that piece, but that's so it's only a three. Like that's not enough to get a high characterization score, but I did like seeing that, so I thought I'd mention it. Yeah. Okay, so this one didn't score very well. While you tally that up, let me all start hitting some some quickies. Um, still a central plot point: how they got those sweet camera angles. They they go over it all again. They're they like, by so the way, worried. this is how we're looking at this. They were so worried that that was going to throw people out of it. I people were going to be like, what am I watching? I love that that didn't stick, though. That everyone in the future is just like, nah, no, flashbacks. You'll figure it out. Yeah, now they'll show you any goddamn thing. Yep. We got to see Chakotay's soul flying around in this week's <laughs> Voyager episode. It's, no one said, what? How come? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. I mean, none of them could see it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the previously on segment in the beginning was really long. Like, they were afraid they really had to remind people what the hell happened last week. They're like, a two-parter? Do people know what that is? We better take a long time to explain this. Uh, those guys have nutsack heads. I guess that didn't. Re- that wasn't a great quick hitter. Um, let's see. Already, Oh, I said the same thing. Already a focus on how special humans are mm-hmm. and how they're more adaptable than other specimens. Um, great sound effects when that lady is hitting him with a morning star. Some, yes. some straight Street Fighter sound effects were happening in that scene. Uh, Chris Pike looks like Ray Liotta, but dumber? Uh, yes, it's weird. You're 100% right. <laughs> it's a little sl- little more slender than Ray Liotta. <laughs> yes, not jowly at all. Um, even the monster that he was fighting, the monster guy, had piercing blue eyes. Yes. Is it the lighting? Is it the colorization of the film? Every person with blue eyes has crazy blue eyes they, in this show. They knew how to shoot blue eyes back then. They, they fucking pop. All look like scary blue. Everyone in the fucking program. And the only people who don't have blue eyes are Kirk and Spock. And, and Uhura. Uhura. Thank you. And Sulu. And I don't know about Chekhov, but, but like, probably Chekhov. Every guest character is a blue-eyed person. We were Marshawn and I were just kind of well, like, I mean, look at those eyes. We'll Vina those. for sure was blue-eyed. Like they weren't going to they weren't going to pull any punches there. Yeah. <clears throat> um when they made him feel like he was being boiled alive or whatever, on fire, whatever it was. Yeah. It, it looked like he was channeling I got hit in the nards pain. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz that's exactly the look that someone gives when they've been hit in the nards. He's just like on his knees, doesn't really know what to do with his body. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So that's a scene. That's the punishment scene. Yes. Uh, they made him. They say it's from life. a fable from his childhood. Um, About being boiled is that, alive. Is that fable Goldilocks? Because it looked to me like we were seeing this porridge is too hot. <laughs> that's right. It was a lot of porridge. Because it looked like he was in a thin layer of oatmeal. I was not clear. They should have been more descriptive. 
Yeah, I don't know. Or they should have had him going, fable. Ah, wait, what are you talking about? What fable was that? <laughs> uh, Pike grew up in some kind of horse paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, he said the word menagerie, so that's cool. He did say it. Uh, they uh, they own her the way that that Korean guy owns that kid's senator dad in news radio. <laughs> the Korean man who owns my dad? Yes. She she makes it clear that she is owned by the aliens. Uh, the, them screaming, the women! They, yeah, Spock <laughs> yells, the women. <laughs> the women! <laughs> yeah, Spock instantly man i didn't write down any of these things but i do remember thinking that. uh they when they attempt to beam down it, and oh, spock yeah. and the two dudes or whatever are back on the enterprise in one one hundredth of a second <laughs> spock has identified who is missing from the party uh-huh. and the common factor because he instantly screams the women he had his eye on the women clearly when they got yeah, on he, that pad he, with his keen vulcan hearing he could tell <laughs> that the, the women redhead had a flooded basement. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Then I have in quotes. Then all the ladies catted out over the captain, just like I want women to do over me. All Star Trek writers. Yep, uh, that's one hundred percent true. And then that one lady's horny as shit, according to the aliens. That's all I had. Yep. Also, not cool that they just talk about it in front of her. Yep. Just like that hey, was my main thought. Like, okay, maybe she's horny. This one wants to get railed. That's like, yep. Oh, that's boy. that's cool. Super cool. Yeah. Put, just put her on blast. You guys are great. Um, great company. Did you see? Pike's rubber spear bending against the Rigelian. <laughs> no, but I'm not surprised. That yeah, whole scene was like, pretty sad. S- just straight up bending. That was very poor quality. <laughs> uh, I have a, this is a legitimate thought that I have. How come the regular guest stars mm. from uh, The Cage or from What Are Little Girls Made Of, for instance, yeah. are uh, so much better looking than Mud's women? Mud's women were a, it was a real bag of uggos. And uh, who also couldn't read. Yeah, one of them Let was a German, act. I think. It yeah. was weird. Like, hey, these are these are the women that are so sexy that the men are becoming, like, just real animals about it. Yep. But then just like, hey, he's just a regular guest starts like, why couldn't you just get her? <laughs> yeah, she's much get better Get her looking. for Mud's women. She's much better looking. She's much better looking. It's unfortunate that Pike and uh, also Kirk, they're just, uh, they're too in control of their faculties to yeah. give yeah, in. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <clears throat> yeah. Um... Again, I loved Pike's Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole scene was baffling. A denim on denim look is very good. Um, is Spock showing off by arranging his ribbons in the shape of the Enterprise Delta? Oh, I didn't notice On his dress that. uniform? I'm not surprised you noticed that, but I did not notice that. Like, you seem to, you seem to just get to pick the shape. They all have different shapes. But uh, he makes his look like his regular Enterprise insignia. He didn't insignia. make it look like an... IDIC or something? No, he didn't do an IDIC because that hadn't been invented yet. I know. <laughs> what they will later call an Enterprise an idic. I gave the uh, Best Aster- Actor Award to uh, Pike from The Cage for... No. No, that's not any answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was worth it. <laughs> yep, that was Best Actor for me. And Worst Actor, as I said, I gave to the other Starfleet guy who said one small sample. <laughs> right. Um, one question, uh, I asked you last week if you were excited for the conclusion. And I was not. I mean, was I? I don't remember. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Okay. But this week I want to ask you, was the conclusion satisfying? It was super unsatisfying. Super unsatisfying. 
Did not live up to its promise. No. So what was the total score on this on this shitbag? Uh, so I gave it 17 points, and you gave it 16 points, uh, and that is a score of 33 out of a possible 80, huh. although I will remind you that the highest ever scored is 50. Yes, that's true. The effective ceiling uh, is 50 right now. <laughs> 33 would have been good enough for second place last week, but not first place, but as um, I think as we already discussed, this week was not so good. Oh god, could this one end up winning? Oh god. So I would say 33 is not totally out of the running. In contention. It's it's still in contention, <laughs> but it has to go up against uh, our next episode this week. Matthew, we watched Data Lore. The Enterprise is going to Data's home planet. I don't know, for kicks, I guess. And when they get there, they find out uh, that he has a twin brother. And so they pick up the twin brother, and they take him back to the ship. And uh, it turns out that guy's kind of a jerk, and he impersonates Data for a while and tries to murder everybody with the crystalline entity, a monster that, that killed the whole colony that Data used to live on. But, you know, they, they beam him into space. It's cool. Yeah. What'd you think? Um. So, the message of this episode... Do it. ...is... Human nature is inherently evil. Cynical. Oh, boy. Two points. That's a real bummer. That's anti-Star Trek. It is... Yes. It's not super Roddenberry. This is not uh, from the enemy within that you need your dark side to be a good commander. That's right. You gotta be a real fucking asshole sometimes. Right. This is... Nope. That's humanity. So I kind of agreed. I had a slightly less cynical version of that, which was that embracing one's humanity means also embracing its dark sides. So I not feel that like that's that's hum- generous. Not that humanity is inherently evil, but that it contains those aspects. It is it is both. It's good and evil. Um I gave that a 6. So we were way off on on the takes. I I think yeah, I liked for it. Sure. I think I liked it cuz I knew what it was. <laughs> oh, I see. You you enjoyed that you didn't have to hunt around for it. Various versions of that that I toyed with were humanity isn't all it's cracked up to be, um, and data's limitations are just a matter of perspective. But those didn't really seem statementy enough. So, mm. uh, I gave the execution a four. Okay. They they find a super sweet android that everyone, including data, thinks is a superior version. Because it's closer to humanity. It's got powerful emotions and can talk, like, colloquially. But guess what? It's the devil. Data shouldn't aspire to that, right? So that's all fine. But the writing, acting, and particularly what they have done with Data is so atrocious in this episode that they lost many execution points. Just based on the quality of everything that happened in the episode. Yeah. Not necessarily on how they handled the take. Um... Okay, so it got a slightly higher score for me, of course, based on a different premise, which was a five. Hmm. Um, So what is the difference between data and lore? Well, they tell us a hundred times that lore is more perfectly human. Yes. But all they show is that lore (laughs) is a real piece of shit. It's a devil monster. Like, he couldn't be cool for one day. (laughs) No. That's right, he didn't play it cool very long at all. They fucking, they turned him on, and within minutes he was like, hey, can I use your terminal? 
What's in there? What's Over in here? The, what can I use to fuck up your shit? Hmm. I'm gonna call. Again, you got like the line entity. You got the like, only other person I know in the universe. <laughs> I was I was hoping there'd be nude photos in here that I could spread around, but no, that's cool. I'll just use your communications device instead. No, oh, I'm sure he found Data's intricate diaries about fucking Tasha Yar in there. He is obsessed. Oh, okay. That that happened very early. Yeah, he's obsessed with that shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's in there. Um. Also, at the end, Picard makes a crack about not wanting Data to be any more human than he is, I or like. So I guess humans are bad, and it's bad to be one. I didn't know what to make of that. Anyway, it's about a, it's about a five. Other like, than really, they are telling us that Laura is more human, but they do only give the two examples, which are he has emotions, which we know Data has, <laughs> and he can use contractions, which does not seem like a fundamental human characteristic to me. Yep, but they do. I think they mention it five or six times in this episode. They really, they are the writers are sure that is an important part of being human. Is being able yeah. to like talk like a human, which is There's, baffling. I don't understand why they set this up because it's not, it's not how Wesley discovers that lore is lore. No, he just is suspicious, and then lore immediately gives the game away by being a shithead. Uh, but you know who does use contractions three times in this episode <laughs> is fucking Data. Did that hurt execution at all? Your score for execution? I mean, no, because okay. it, it's. It's too insane. Like, it's clearly not intentional. It's just... Well, I talked about it at length last week, despite the fact that we were not talking about Star Trek. Yeah. It's it's baffle. It just... It boggles the mind. It's an insane breach of continuity. Or of common sense. It's so... At the end... They beam Laura into space. Wesley and Data are the only two people who see this. Yep. Picard and Riker come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird that they're there at all. Uh, Wesley says Lore's gone for good. Which is based on nothing. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> it's baffling. Then, Data says, I'm fine. <sighs> and then he does Lore's facial tick. <laughs> and Riker and Picard, Just... who did not see... Any of the fight between Data and Lore. Right. They're just not suspicious at all. They just make a joke and walk out. Yeah. They're not... not um, You just did the two things that indicate that you're Lore. Yeah, but they never even believed in that shit. I guess Wesley said you're not, so... Mm. Yeah, they never believed in... Also, you're dressed like Lore. They never (laughs) believed in that shit in the first place. They were not on the ball the whole episode. Yeah, they were... The whole episode, they're like, whatever. So I'm not surprised that him dressed like Lord doing his Twitch and using contractions does not set off any alarm bells with them, because they are just not paying attention today. If there was a reveal three episodes later that this had been Lore all along, yep. this would have been brilliant. <laughs> yes. It's not coming. Like, I know we don't judge against that, but it's just not... No. That's not what happened. That is obviously... They just did not notice that Brent Spiner said, I'm fine. <sighs> I know. It's not good. And I that's why I'm, I was asking if if... If that had brought it down from a higher score to a five, all of this badness that happened. Because for me, I, I thought they handled my take fine, but I just thought the quality of the episode was so poor. It's a very bad episode. It's so poor, the writing, the acting, and everything that has to do with Data. It's just, it's so hard to watch. You sit there and you go, that is that is a terrible choice. Why would you the, do that? The premise is super weak, and the stakes make no sense. Yep. Like, do you know the first place they would have taken Lore? To Earth. Yeah. D- 
bet the crystalline entity would have liked to fuck up Earth. It would have. There's so much food, dude. So much. No, hey, hey, I'm on a ship with a thousand people. And also the one person who is my uh, physical and intellectual equal. (laughs) I know. I'm going to go buck wild right away. It's It's just, it's just, it's completely nonsense. Okay, so it kind of makes sense because we, we do, I think from this episode you can tell he's not just emotional, he's unstable. He's insane. He is an insane He's person. an insanely evil person. Yes. And although it has nothing to do with the score the of this qu- episode, in the future it will be proven again and again that he is an insane person. It does beg the question, how did Dr. Soon fuck this up so bad? He did such a bad job in the worst way. It wasn't like you turned him on and he didn't work because you messed it up. You turned him on and he was insane. Yeah. And then you just took him apart and you're like, I'll fix that later. Yeah, never got around to it. Like somebody's uh, project car that's been in their garage in pieces for years. Just like, well, I'll get to it. I should have put him right in the trash compactor. <laughs> the, by the way, the only thing that explains Riker and Picard in this episode is that they they were in the holodeck fucking tying one off. And they come out and all this shit's going on and they are fucking hammered and they don't want anyone to know. Yeah. So they're just real casual about everything. They're like, well, we've done our job. Time to move on. Because they don't. Picard was like, "Hey, us. last week, do you remember how uh, the holodeck tried to kill me? Well, we think we fixed it, <laughs> and I'm still like pretty jazzed about my time as Dixon Hill. Yep. So going right back. Let's get back in there and get sauced. See you again in two weeks. One one zero zero one zero zero one. Anyway, wait. I wish that was this week. That was a great episode. I mean, that's not a great, much, it's a much so, better episode. So it's also fun. It's also completely buck wild. And one more thing about that final scene. The only thing I liked about it was watching Picard and Riker determinedly walk out down the hall together. Because anytime they're doing that, I like that. Yep. Like, oh, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, some world building. Yeah. There is some in this episode. I had some too, yeah. Uh, is this the first reference to Picard not being allowed to lead the away team? I know when the pilot they talk about why he picked Riker and that Riker was in Riker had insisted in a previous assignment that his captain not that his captain was not supposed to lead the away team. Right. I'm not sure if it's He's actually still... happened yet. Yeah. Here. Um, we get an estimate of 13 to 15 years to become a Lieutenant commander from data. Yeah. Data doesn't say also you have to be good at your job like me. <laughs> and like always take the night shift and stuff. So maybe it's even longer. Maybe that helps explain like some of these 50-year-old lieutenants get started on their second career in their 30s. <laughs> They're not as good as Data. It's going to take them quite it's a not while. There yet. Um, apparently life is a kind of energy. We'll see more about that later. Yeah. But it comes up here too because that's the only thing that makes sense. Like, I don't like things. There's like no that. other reason that the crystalline energy needs to eat people instead of rocks. Agreed. Why doesn't he so, try it? Um, we see a, an effect shot that suggests that the shields seem to be, like, at least two nested layers. Oh, okay. I thought that was kind of interesting. And I'm not sure yet if it's come up that you have to lower the shields to transport. I Not in TNG. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't think it's happened since we yeah, started this so. project. So anyway, none of that's real big, but it's there's some stuff, so I gave it about a five. What did you have for world building? Okay, so I think this has already been mentioned, but they really wanted to hammer at home that a cold is something that used to make people sick in the distant past. Yeah. But I think they already covered that before. Um, <clears throat> so Yeah, it was a throwaway line when the main emphasis was, why does Picard have a headache? That's right, yes. Okay, so I've got a, question, a continuity or, or a plot question here. So if there was farmland 
when data was found. Because that, they mentioned that in the first scene. That data yes. has memories of farmland there and all this shit. Or, or, or no, the away team mentioned that there was farmland. Yes. So if Why didn't the croissant entity eat it? Whatever killed the whole planet did it after he was activated. Except then Jordy says that everything was dead or dying around the time data was found. Yep. Was this episode written by more than one person, like in sections, and they never compared notes? I think it is nebulous at this point <clears throat> what kinds of life form the crystalline entity eats and how it eats them. We will later see a fairly dramatic strip mining scene. Yeah, but I can't apply that to this episode. But that, you can't, like, we haven't seen that yet. I'm just confused about what happened. Because they mentioned the farmland, but Jordy says everything was dead or dying, and I'm just like, what happened? What was it? <clears throat> anyway, uh, we we're, it's not clear what the crystalline entity does yet. But even just aside from what he does, was there farmland there when they found him, or was everything dead or dying? Because those seem like two different things. Well, maybe it was dead and dying, but it was like tilled earth. Okay, so it was dead farmland. Yeah, that maybe. would be nice if they said that. Well, you could probably still tell. <laughs> like maybe it had, uh, maybe it was in circular patterns, like when you fly over the middle of the country, but all dead. But all dead yeah. in some way. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying I was confused by that. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Noonien Soong is hella well known. Yeah, although apparently nobody knew he was Data's creator. Yes. And they're like, oh, he tried to make a positronic brain, but he sucked at it. Oh, wait, he must have made you since you were found here. No, they didn't make that connection until they find the face mold. Like, it would have been a really obvious connection to make once you were down on the planet and you saw that there was a Noonien Soong thing there. Um, that Data has a positronic brain, and so he must have made Data. But they have to wait until they find the face mold before they go, Oh, he must have made you! Well, also... <laughs> like, um, what? Like, it doesn't make any sense for a couple of reasons. One of them is that Data looks like Dr. Noonien Soong. <laughs> yeah, you think someone would have put M- that together? <laughs> made him in his own image. Like, hey, here's okay. an android with a positronic brain. You're right, and they do say that in this episode, don't they? Yes, they do. What the fuck? Uh, what hey. the fuck? <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy who wanted to do... Oh, this... Oh, oh, he looks exactly like this? How is nobody putting this together? Like he could be played by the same actor? Oh my god. Written, the characters fuck are written you, to Rick be... Berman. <laughs> exactly. The characters are written to be just insanely stupid. Yep. That happens a lot, though. Um, When the plot requires them to be, they can be... Very dumb. I got in an argument at work about Darmok. Oh, no. Do you want to save it till after I'm done with this section or after this episode? Or do you want to save it till Darmok for all I care? Okay. (laughs) I mean, the argument wasn't so much about Darmok. It's just people were not convinced by my assertion that everyone up on the ship is an asshole in Darmok. Yeah. I don't even see how you can look at it another way. Like, how they just do the most cursory research, and they don't follow up on the most obvious lead, and they just declare it impossible, and then Rikers will fucking shoot them. Shoot the shit out of and fucking kill those dudes! Fucking shoot them! How can we make our weapons, like, insane, like, the strongest they've ever been, because I want to fucking murder beef these em, people? beef the guns up and shoot these assholes. If they're not dead in an hour, it's your head. Um, uh, and then also there was no, like... No bite at all to my contention that the best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation was not, as was widely being argued, The Inner Light. Oh, wait, oh, hey, now, okay, this is going to take a whole episode to talk about. But it, that it is, in fact, The Defector. It's obviously The Defector. It's clearly The Defector. It's obviously the best episode. It doesn't matter. All right, okay. Well, anyway. It's got, the, it's got great, perfect Picard speeches. Oh, he fucking crushes it. 
It's got uh, it's got a fun twist where they use the Klingons as weapons. It's got a villain who is appears villainous, but then turns out to be really likable. He's it's got a real hunt for Red October bad guy, and it's got Tomaluck. And it's, it's got Tomaluck in it. Fucking cats. Yeah, it, look, it's it's the best episode of the next generation, and that's fine. And it's by the way, it's in a run of three or four pretty good episodes. I just remember that VHS tape was. Balling. That tape, that was the that was our banger. Yeah. Like the tape that had that sequence on it was was the best tape in the collection. Anyway, <laughs> they think it's the inner light. That's uh, I don't even care about. That. I'm not even gonna. Now everything that they say is, is meaningless. Yeah. Um, data's off switch. Data's oh, off central. switch. I forgot about that, but that is central. Point. Uh, it only comes up one more time. Yes. Um. Uh. Lower and contractions, obviously. Uh. Yar has something called turbo sensors. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what those do, but they sound awesome. Is that part was written by the same person who said that the Tolarian ships slip right past their Stargate. <laughs> it's right. Bypass their Stargate or whatever. Uh, Technobabble had not been perfected yet in season one. Uh Crystal and ent- all the Crystal Entity stuff, Lore's Treachery. Uh I think Jordy took a look at the Crystalline Entity from the observation lounge again. I had that in characterization. Okay. What's so cool about this one is they did not even feel to ex- that they needed to explain it. They threw this in as a reference, like, oh, that's something Jordy does. Well, yeah, what something I... Picard sends Jordy to do, because he just comes back and he's like, what I did you see? It looks yeah. like it's made of big crystals. It's a big crystal thing. Yep. Um, I liked it because this project is meaning is now it's meaningful, just after that. Because I never noticed that he did that at all, and now I've seen it twice. There's one thing uh, that I've learned from doing this project. It's happened three times. Well, he's already done it three times? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Well, but anyway, it's something that he does. Because the last time they talked about it was already the second time. Oh, okay. I don't remember the three instances, but it's this is the third time. Uh, we got another look at Android Strength and the Turbo Lift. Uh, let's see. Transporters can apparently erase a phaser blast already being shot. Yeah, that doesn't make any goddamn sense, but that's fine. And yet it happened. Uh, phasers well, can also... Again, it kind of comes up again. Yes. Phasers can also set your clothes on fire. We haven't yeah, seen that, that effect. Yeah, that was interesting. That's before. the only time we see a phaser do that. Yeah. So that's what but I had. He really just winged her. That's what I had, and there was a lot in there, and I gave it a seven. All right. That's pretty I good. I mean, that's all fairly little stuff, but it's something. But there was so much. And none of it's execrable. Yeah. Characterization. Uh, yeah. Uh, is Picard making fun of Data for wanting to be alone in the beginning? Like, they're like, I thought Data would be on hand to see this. And Picard's like, he said he wanted to be alone. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Huh? Do you guys know what I'm, what I'm getting at? Yeah. What, what, what would a robot want to be alone for? <laughs> He's not a person. That's right. Um, Data is taking a uh, fake it till you make it approach with sneezing. Yeah, it's not good. Um, We see Argyle. Oh, yeah, Argyle's back in the uh, surgery scene or whatever. Um, Data does not know what a gumshoe is uh, in last week's episode. Yeah. But this week he is able to intuit do that Picard is awkwardly asking about his loyalty. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. Like, huge leap of logic there. Picard's like, Data, it's, uh, I hate to even ask this. And he's like, if you are wondering about my loyalty, it is to you, sir. And it's like, wait, well, what the fuck? To me, that only proves that Data has been thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> what that's should I do? Should, suspicious. I, should we take over the ship? Me and now that I got a brother, should we just conquer Starfleet? Uh, they learn the whole. This applies to the whole crew. They learn right away, immediately, that Lore is a liar. Yeah, and no one cares. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh well. <laughs> Riker, Riker in his probably his last moment of being on the ball. Oh yeah. Calls Lore out instantly because he's already intuited it somehow. He, he he fucking tricks him with math. He tricks him with math, which is way out of character. It is so baffling. Uh, later, we'll hear him try to explain how the computer works to the Ferengi. <laughs> when I first watched that as a child, I thought, "Oh, he's just making this stuff up on the fly." Then later, I learned that in universe, he's telling the truth, and he's just does. He just can't. He can't say the words. He so can't good. say the words. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, nobody cares. Um, I gave it a three for characterization. I thought everybody was off their game here. Yeah, it wasn't amazing. Um, I gave it a four. Data knows agog, but not most other words. Well, I have that in my... It's my number one quick hitter. <laughs> yeah, we were so... I thought that's what you were going to say the first time, but you thought it was more impressive that he could actually intuit a thing that Picard was insinuating. Well, because that is baffling to yes. me. Legitimately baffling. Dog, why did you give this episode so many points? Uh, the he has so many emotions when he finds Lore. Oh yeah, so many, more than even Lore has. It is extremely loose butthole. That's very loose butthole. That he has that many emotions, and who has ever been more emotional about getting roofied? He yeah. gives the most emotional performance. Yes. Well, no later. There is a scene in a later episode where Jordy is getting electrocuted by something. This happens all the time. <laughs> he gets, yeah, a lot of shit happens to Jordy. And Data, to break the current, like, throws Jordy. And then he does one of these, ugh, <laughs> about how hard he threw Jordy. Anyway, you're right, though. He's real emotional after he gets roofy. That's yeah, true. I've forgotten about that. Um, finally, the entire cargo bay scene, he has... So many powerful emotions. Yep. The looks on his face are freaky. He's doing so much face acting, and you have to just wonder, like... They told us, like, 6,000 times already in the first 12 episodes that he doesn't have emotions. It comes up 15 times in this episode. Is... Are we correct that he does have emotions? And... They just keep telling him that he doesn't, and Brent Spiner knows that? Because why is Brent Spiner playing him like this? That's his actor's secret about Data. Right? Exactly. You have to have a secret about your character. I understand. But this one is major. Yeah. It wouldn't be, because it wouldn't matter, unless, except that they tell us five million times that he doesn't have emotions. Uh, here is my legitimate thought about this. Is that, uh, A, Brent Spiner is not the good actor that he must is. tell people he is yes. because what else explains why every interview you see with anyone from the next generation oh, he's is the best. talking about how he's the Brent Spiner is the best actor. So great working with Brent. It's just amazing. He's such a good actor. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, number two. People talk about him in the way that people talk about the Stanford tree. Just about I how amazing he is. that they shot this episode badly and that he must have played lower first. Mm, and they didn't know which take they were getting. <laughs> and it, No, no. And it put him out of practice with playing oh, Data. Maybe. Because he, he... Look, a contraction will slip in in other episodes. Right. <laughs> I always assume it's a writer's mistake. And he's just reading what's on the page? Yeah, and, and like, nobody nobody caught it. It's somebody's you know. mistake. And it but is like, small enough still... that it's... I would never have introduced that, because that's... You'll never get that right in continuity. No one will ever yeah, notice yeah, that. Yeah, that's a... 
that yeah they were swinging for the fences with that one yeah. uh but he did three of them in this episode like he's off his game he's not playing data even like he he's a facial actor and he'll yeah. pull faces all throughout the series this no. is his worst performance of emotional data, emotionless data. Yeah, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe it's the lore part. That's I think it's. Off. I think it's having to play lore for half of this episode, and I think if they could have shot all of the data scenes first, yeah, or if they had thought to do that when he was still in practice as data, then his data scenes would have been better, and then he could. Then his whatever. data scenes would have been better. Yeah, maybe and then he could have flipped it up. I mean, maybe it would have affected Angel One, but he's not in Angel One very much, so. Spoiler alert. Uh, everybody in that conference room is hella freaking out, and then Riker is as happy as he could possibly be when Picard calms them down. Yes. He loves his French papa so much. He does. <laughs> now that he knows that he will never be yes. the man that Picard is, he's really starting to enjoy it. He's like, oh, Picard, did, he just did something so amazing, and we're all witnessing it. He's like, see, it's okay that I'm not ever going to become this. He's like looking around the room like, isn't everyone as happy as me? Like, this is amazing. Are you seeing what's happening? I think I'm going to turn down the Drake. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, I got another ship offer, but I just, you know, Jean-Luc is here. Jean-Luc. Uh, then Riker tricks Lore with math, right? Yep. So my question was, is he catching his second wind or was this episode filmed out of order? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, we know the real we know the real answer is they they, don't, they didn't the have writers, the cool idea that we have. The writers have not they did not make any of the fun decisions that we have made yes. about the next generation twelve episodes in, particularly about Riker's arc, which is so about, much more enjoyable than what they did. And about Data's emotionlessness, which is something that I actually started to believe the last time I watched Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. So this is not even new for me. I've had this theory for a while now. It is really is that somebody just out. told him he didn't have emotions. Uh, Riker takes responsibility for Wesley's bad attitude. I'm sad Worf hasn't yet volunteered to watch out for him because that's what I like Worf to do. Because <clears throat> um, junior officers, they got to kiss ass too. It's true. Uh, Crusher's second decent acting performance so far this season. When Data asks if the android alarm clock is a funny idea and she just looks at him like he's a creeper and slowly shakes her head. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that is what a person would do to that. They'd go, yeah, I, no. I had nothing to say about Crusher in this episode, and that's <laughs> always a good sign. Then the look she gives when Wesley keeps being a dick, it's kind of yep. like what Space Ghost does when he can't get Tom York's attention. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! What are you What are you looking at there, Tom? It's a worm, I think. Oh God! Um. <clears throat> uh. Let's see. And then her shit with Picard, like, you're not getting any any of this orange taco pie if you keep talking to my kid like that and kicking me off the bridge and shit. Uh, her best line maybe in the whole series is when she says to him, "You're putting me off your bridge." <laughs> Like, oh, really? Is that how you want to play this? Then you're not getting any sexy drunk come-ons anymore. That's right. See if I unzip this ever again. Yeah. Uh, Picard feels the need to question if Data will betray them all for his weird brother, which seems odd. Picard's so proud of Data for spying on him, too. It's, it's by the way, super odd when you realize that Picard hates his own brother. Yes. Well, it seems like Picard's mad jealous that Data has a new friend. He's like, you're not going to betray us all, are you? And then when he finds that he's spying on him, he's like, he's doing what any good officer would do. He's amazing. I love Data. 
Miss Gibbs. Captain ordered him. Everybody back off. That's right. Uh, let's see. Wesley calls her mom on the bridge and is yeah, embarrassed not, about it. It's not real professional. That's just good TV. Um, then he shows, like, no decorum at all when he calls out Lore on the bridge. Yeah. Um, you know what, though? He was taught this. Yes, I his mom say, is awful. <laughs> yes, but, but like... <sighs> Yes, his mom is not modeling good behavior, but cast your mind back to where no one has gone before. Uh, when he's all like, where really he respectful. takes Riker aside mm-hmm. and he's like, "Look, I don't think Kaczynski had anything." And Riker's like, I, "Yeah, not yeah, now. Shut Fuck up, you. idiot. Fuck you." <laughs> what is that? A sweater? Yeah. Get out of here. So, like, they definitely taught him not to be cool about stuff. Yeah, I know. It's just like I get that you suspect him, but you probably got to think of a diplomatic way to make. That At this point, point, he's not even cool about fire safety. That's true. That's yeah. That's right. He's got a lot to learn. That's all I had. I uh, I gave it a four. Uh, yeah. So, oh my god, that was all characterization. Yeah, dog. Oh fuck! I thought we were in quick hitters no, I was, already. I, I told you when I this. I told you when I watched it. I had so many notes that I kept having to pause it. I was and, so, like, so excited because I, I was like, "Oh man, he's not saying any of my quick hitters." Because you didn't even get to quick hitters. Yet. No, no, no! I got so many quick hitters. <laughs> Fucking it's, this episode is nonstop quick hitters. I told you, I, I had to like keep pausing it because I was afraid I was going to miss more stuff because I was typing so furiously. Well, fuck it. Why don't you jump into those while I do some math? Did you? And you already gave your. Yeah, you already gave your characterization. All right, yeah, quick hitters. Uh, let's see. You always want to talk wardrobe. So, what is up with Wesley's awful tapered sweater? It's odd, right? Why does it why does it get tapered down towards his hips? What is it doing? It's trying to they're trying to give him that triangular shape. They're trying to accentuate his shoulders by tapering towards the hips. It looks so bad. It's not a good look. Um <clears throat> They never is... got they didn't get Wesley's wardrobe right until He's in a Starfleet uniform? Until they put the cargo pockets on his uh, cadet pants. Oh yeah, that is a really good look. Yeah. Um let's see. What is it that could kill everything on an entire planet? Well, Riker, maybe whatever killed everything on every fucking planet, most of them are dead, dog. That's true. He's, like, walking around like... They're mostly could, dead. It's a very good point. What could do this? It's like, I don't know, maybe they're all dead, Maybe say dude. what could do it in 17 years or 27 years or however long it's been, but yeah, you're right. It's like, what I don't know do what this? did it on Mars. It fucking happens all the time. When he was fucking at the last outpost shouting anybody into that crater with all the, like, fucking lightning crystals, uh-huh. he was like, what happened here? <laughs> what killed this place? Uh, obviously, by the way, the same set they used for the last outpost, the vicious animal things, and the Haven holodeck. Yep. Pretty clear. I love that they thought they could just do a gradient sky. Oh, yeah. We'll just, cha- we'll just change the sky a little bit, and no one's gonna ever know. Uh, and then I said, oh, shit, it's Argyle. He was back. Um, yep. <clears throat> Data, if you want to keep your off switch a secret, why did you call the doctor over and show her? Like, yeah. why is this happening? Yeah, why couldn't you just say, oh, I can just program myself to go to sleep? Yeah. Like, surely he can just do that. Like, all right, go to sleep for six hours. I mean, the reason is obvious. It's so they have a reason to be able to figure out how, something for Wesley to, like, hang it's, on to it's later. A, it's a dumb clue. <clears throat> but it's just it's so stupid. Um, Also, he I guess he doesn't know her at this point. Like, does he not know she's going to be stretching with Troy in ten minutes telling <laughs> telling Troy about this shit? Yeah, she's got loose lips, man. Got to stay away from her. Um, when she gets, We know what happens when she gets drunk. She's going to be telling Picard about his off switch. That's right. When Lore wakes up and goes, he does. I think I would probably freak out and smash his face with something. 
I mean, I'd definitely be like, all right, let's keep an eye on this guy. He's a fucking gross robot boy, and as he soon thought, as he did that, I went, oh, no, 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 no. He thought that was a cool way to jump into this conversation. <laughs> so, obviously a creeper. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. Lore points out that Riker doesn't seem that clever, and he just met him, so he, he kind of picked him off. It's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> He's like, well, he didn't seem that clever. I was like, wow, he got that quick. Um... If they had not played crazy music in the background, I would have not have assumed that a robot knowing about math would be a scary thing. Yeah, why would he not know about math? They're like asking math questions, and he's like, when he gets it right, it's like da 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 da. Like, oh, I, I don't know. He's probably programmed to know like math. It's not, it's not that bad. Yeah, and it's like he wasn't. <sighs> He was pretending, I guess he was pretending, we're supposed to believe he was pretending, not to understand how starship navigation works. Yeah, I, yeah. But like, hey dog, that's different from the Pythagorean theorem, yeah. clearly the most advanced piece of math that Riker knows. <laughs> right. Oh, Riker, by the way, didn't know any of the answers to any of the questions. Yeah. He just seriously wanted to know. I think he had a math test later. You're like, I, I've always wondered. <laughs> so, Hypotenuse. So, the square of the hypotenuse is it's equal to something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I tricked you there. Because <laughs> I know it. I knew it all along. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Lower's a creeper for sure. And he has a Jose Canseco facial twitch. <laughs> um, and a Jose Canseco bat. <laughs> Tell me you didn't pay money for this. Very good. Anytime you can get TMNT fucking in that shit. That's I mean, good. that's not how Raphael says it, because I don't think the actor who read that understood what that joke meant. <laughs> he doesn't know jokes at all, probably. Because he does say, tell, tell me, me, you didn't, you pay, didn't money pay money for this. for this. It's like, no, mm. that is the wrong emphasis. Yeah, that, that yeah, yeah, irritates me. I'd say once a month, I think about that <laughs> bad line delivery. <laughs> I wonder if whoever wrote that knows that he did that to somebody. I don't know. It's just in my brain. Saw that when I was nine, and I can't unsee it. Uh, lore scanning the Enterprise library and me reading Wikipedia's This Date in History look identical. Uh, it's very much the same, yeah. Crazy face, facial expressions, basically just sweating over the console. Oh, look, it came up in mine. Laura's reading about bears and DNA and the Constitution <laughs> class Enterprise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is... Like, you... I know they didn't, they didn't really expect us to be able to see what was flashing on those acudograms. Right. But, um... He was going down the rabbit hole. Now. He was just linking Bears and DNA and the Constitution class Enterprise. <laughs> Which is just because, by the way, they photocopied the technical manual. Are bears in the technical manual? No, but the, oh. the, the, those wireframes of the Enterprise are yes. from the technical manual. And you know this because they show some weird non-canon ships that only ever exist in the technical manual in some of these things, like one nacelled starships. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, the dialogue monster always comes back when Yar talks. Oh, yeah. Yar and Picard have such a weird relationship, too. Everyone should realize that that was a perfectly reasonable security question. Yep. And then she's like, thank you, Captain. And she looks coyly at him and then at the ground. And it's like... Well, like that redhead. What is happening? Who wrote she's it? She's flooding her basement again. But why did But why did they write it? Yeah. So, the, so you're right. The dialogue monster got him. <laughs> the name of this episode should be, why did they write it? <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Why did Riker send Wesley to check on Data? Oh, that makes zero sense. But why did he do that, though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but why do you think he did that? It's like, he's gonna... It's... He's why? gonna... He's trying to be... He wants to be sly about it, right? But, like... 
but like you're putting a lot of trust in Wesley to carry off this subterfuge. It, Wesley could have just been killed. Also, yeah, Wesley for sure could have been killed. <laughs> He's like, just a little boy. Definitely the answer is to send Jordy, right? Send Jordy and if maybe you're... like a security guy or something. But like definitely have Worf hide around the corner. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Worf Worf isn't that effective against him, it turns out. Well, but maybe if he had a gun. <laughs> yeah, Worf with a gun would be Worf nice. with a gun. I just uh, okay, alright. Um Lore, like all insanos, has no idea how bad he's giving away the game. Oh yeah, for sure. Not cool about it at all. Lucky for him. Data By makes way, crazy emotional uppers all the time. He's less cool about it than Damon Bach. <laughs> yes. Who is a hundred percent signaling the whole time. Yes. Oh no, I just I just got you this gift because I like you so much because you killed my boy. <laughs> just a present from one guy who had his son murdered to the murderer. That's right. It's normal. <clears throat> totally a thing that we do on for, on Ferenganar, or whatever we're calling our homeworld in this episode. There was one episode of one of these shows that we've seen so far where there was a bad guy who did... Oh, it was in um, Dagger of the Mind. Mm. Right? the At the Tantalus Colony? Yeah, the creepy doctor guy. The creepy doctor who was like... He was actually saying all the right things He's about like, huh, Van Gelding. No worries. Van Just uh, go ahead and have your little private call. I'll be in the other room. Not a big deal. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, feel free to take him to a better facility. Yeah, this one's not that great anyway. You could do better, for sure. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, yeah, everyone is villainous and arch, just like Lore. Yeah. Uh, all right. That is correct, Riker. Yep. That Apparently not a giveaway. No. Nope. Uh, because that's how they talk to each other on the bridge. Yep, well, <laughs> Riker. Yep. Sorry, Troy. So bad. Uh, how- Sorry, hang on. My first officer has taken an away team down to make contact, and they are in the process of returning to the ship. Riker says the planet's <laughs> life forms are almost identical to us. He's very enthusiastic. Captain. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. Oh, the doctor has something very important to tell you. <laughs> you've been talking about it for days. Shore leave for the crew. <laughs> Talk about the fucking dialogue monster. I don't. As it goes on, I don't know which part's the worst. Like as it goes Every on, I'm like that's the worst part. No, that's the worst part. Like they're just all working together to <sighs> give exposition in the least convincing possible way. His emphasis on Riker is so that's, crazy. That's middle school play level. Like yeah. if it was written by a middle school drama class, he just thinks that because of what happened ten years ago. You're yep. like, oh, yeah, this is really good. Oof. Uh, anyway. Uh, Yep. It was the best part. His emphasis on Riker. Correct, Riker. Is it, it, or is the best part uh, the weird way she goes, sorry, Troy, or is the best part the way Troy feels like she has to chime in with, the doctor has something very important to tell you. But like, with a pleased tone. Yes. Uh, Anyway. Like, um, conspiratorial, like, Crusher didn't just cut her off in a weird and cold way? Yes. The doctor has something very important she wants to say to you. Mm. Yeah, she's been talking about leave. it all week sure leave so, but yeah the dialogue monster was on its game on that one that's probably the I bet that's the worst in the whole run of the series it's hard to get worse than that because um, the although the episodes get worse even than justice yes. the, uh, the dialogue generally is not the problem with the later episodes all of the characters have figured out what they are supposed to be doing so they don't do that they don't collaborate in that way, Vichy France style. Yeah, they are collaborators. With the, with the writers. For sure. Well, they're collaborators. I mean, you know, they don't know these characters yet, but 
Like, Patrick Stewart, at least, is an actor. Yeah. Like, he's by this point, he'd already done, I don't know, Fall of Eagles. and. I wish he had a good excuse. Well, he was in that fucking bomb-ass Excalibur movie. There you go. He was amazing in that. In, anyway, it, like, yeah, anyway. So, uh, very poor. Uh, go ahead. Uh, how could Lore not understand Make It So? Yeah. Yeah, whoops. Only because the writers needed him not to understand it. Like, what? No, it's pretty obvious what that means. Like, pretty clear. He gives like, an order, hey, and he's like, uh-huh, and he's like, make it so. And he looks at him like, what does that even mean? Hey, we saw him roofie and then kick Data. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to tell us that that's lore. I know. It, since so. the rest of the crew doesn't figure it out after that, that scene serves no purpose. I didn't get We it. saw it happen. It's not a mystery to us. Uh... In the final act, Lore is like the perfect late 80s, early 90s villain. All the shit oh, he says sure. to the cr- the family crusher is so that era villainous. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. He's got a hundred sweet little mini monologues to give. In I, there. If he was trying to turn a ski lodge into condos... <laughs> he would be perfect. I mean, that's all. That's the only thing that's missing. Uh, Lore's gone, sir. Permanently. I mean, we just kind of left him out there and never bothered. I mean, we beamed him into him. space. Oh well. There, I guess there's no reason to think that'll kill him. Why would? Why? I mean, maybe the crystalline and it'll get him. Ah, it didn't get data though. But why did they write it though? Yeah. Why did they write this? Uh, I had, and then just Picard and Riker get to end the show walking down the hall, determined. Um, yeah. on to you. Uh, well, like you, my so my top quick hitter is now data knows a gog without having to consult his inner thesaurus. I don't even... That must have come uh, up earlier in the day. I don't know. I can't explain it. We get a rare Wesleyan Ops. Oh, yeah. In this episode. That's super unusual. Uh, the Tripoli, the ship that found Data, is described as a cruiser. So I always think it's a little jarring when they use military terminology, but uh, there yeah. it is. Marjan keeps insisting it's not the military. Well, the Tripoli is <laughs> a cruiser. Yep. Uh, as is the Stargazer, I think. We already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like you, I said the Omicron Theta set looks exactly as sophisticated as the one from the cage. Mm, yes, it did. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, did Data not know he was created by Dr. Soon we talked about? They put the bad stuntman's wig on the lore dummy. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the music in this episode was buck wild. Huh? <laughs> There's been a lot of that in season one. I mean, for sure. And Haven was particularly bad. But, like, this one, they're just... It's crazy. I wish I had recorded some. Yeah. Because it's... It's like, if there was... There probably is stock background music that you can license, but you know that they paid for this from someone. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Noonie and Soon did not bother to trim the flash off of lore. Like, does Data have all those seams? He must. That must have been weird for Tasha. Well, she was not really in her right mind. But That's she is point. always crazy horny, so. Uh, the electromagnetic synthometer was reading positive. Good to know, good to know, good to know. That, that's uh, gravitation to automatic. <laughs> yes. Uh, at the point in the episode where Laura brags about using contractions, Data has already used two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is a five o'clock tangent? <laughs> Dog, I don't know. That's what the crystalline entity is approaching on. On a five o'clock tangent. I don't know. What do that mean? 
I don't know, but when I said I don't know, echo my echo turned on, my echo dot. Oh no! I wonder if it's low. Did you set it? Shut up! You can't. Shut up! Shut up! Did you set it to you can't do that on television? I don't. Oh, I shouldn't say it again. Does it turn on if you say water? I'm not saying it, so I will never. I'll never know. Uh, hey, Lore could have made that twitch go away at any time, huh? He just had to go to Data's closet and pull out the the beamer. The the it's the weird it's the weird twitch beamer. Pulled out his car remote and started beaming his face with it. That's what it's for, I assume. So I guess he was just cool with it for like twenty four hours, and then he was like, "I ah, get rid of this." <laughs> uh, Wesley's heard his mom knows how to turn them on. Oh boy! Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh oh. It's a little blue. No one calls boy. the bridge when they find Data unconscious in his quarters. When Wesley and Doctor Crusher find him, well, they're like their own little commando team. Yeah, they just don't. They don't tell anybody about it. I've heard that. Just gonna... A general in the field can disobey even the emperor. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's relevant. That's, to this that's how conversation. They, that's how they went about it. I think. No, they're just gonna go solve this problem themselves. Uh-huh. Just gonna go be a little team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave uh, best actor to Hypotenuse Riker. He was very pleased with himself. That's. That's very in character early Riker acting. There's just there's just nothing else in this episode that's good. Yeah. Uh, worst actor, pick a spiner. Yeah. Uh, all with an honorable mention to Wesley. Many rules on a starship crusher. Whenever he whenever he says something where he's proud of himself, it is vile. So, Doc, what happened here? Uh, so, I give this episode fifteen points, which oh. is. Two lower than the menagerie. Okay. But you went nuts and gave this episode 21 fucking points. I gave it a four on execution and a four on characterization. That's not good. I just gave it a lot of points for world building and the premise. I actually guess 21 points is lower than you usually give the winning episode. Yeah. It the was... only time the only time you've given your top score has been lower than 21, I think, was the Andorian incident. That is, I always do wonder oh, no, how no. Enterprise won a week. And you gave where no man has gone before 19. Oh, okay. That's the only time it's been lower than 21. Huh. Uh, so 36 points puts it three ahead of the Menagerie. If fucking Datalore... <laughs> Leader of the clubhouse. If Datalore wins the week... Doesn't it feel pretty likely now? I mean, once we get through TOS and TNG, we are kind of like, we're depending well, on something crazy to happen. Well, of the 11 previous weeks, TOS won four and TNG won five. Yeah. So the odds of one of the other three pulling ahead do seem slim. Man, Datalore... They're going to need a we're gonna need a career day from one of these, and I gotta tell you, I didn't see it. Yeah, but this is not the week. <laughs> this is not the week, I think. <laughs> this is not the week for a career day. Oh my god. But I guess the only way to find out is to proceed. Uh, This week we watched Battle Lines. If you played that horn solo, Mm. you'd tell people, right? No, I was the guy. I'm the guy who plays the lead on the Deep Space Nine theme. I'd be way more coy about it. I'd be like, hey, you've seen Deep Space Nine? Great show, right? Great show, great show. Um, good, what do you think about the theme? theme? I think it's pretty yeah. good. And then wait for them to be like, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty good. I'd be like, I played the horns. <laughs> I'm the one. Sis- Cisco takes Kaio Paka on a trip through the wormhole. 
where she insists on investigating a subspace signal and defensive satellites cause the runabout to crash. Uh, Opaka dies, but because this is a high-concept planet, she soon comes back to life. Uh, The fate of all who die in this permanent, senseless war. Also, Kira's got feelings about her past. Yeah, I guess. It's hard to tell what they are. Um, You gotta take, because all I had is war is dumb and pointless, and I gave it a three. It is definitely anti-war, and that was one of the takes I considered. The other one was that eternal life is a fate worse than death. Which earned I mean, it a... They don't have to be fighting that fucking war. I understand. I, I get it. That, I, you said it's a high-concept planet, and in my mind I went, well, thank God for them it's a high-concept planet, because that's the only way they're going to get any points. Yeah. They, I gave it a 7. Oh, my God. Just, it's a take. It's a hot take. Look, I wanted to give them a 7 when I saw Jonathan Banks. Yeah, I'm glad you got into that because that was definitely in my 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 shit. I've got it down all the way down in quick hitters. We'll talk about where else we know Jonathan Banks from. Yes, uh, but uh, so I was fucking I was super jazzed when I saw Kaiopaka. Yeah, yeah. Because although I remembered what ends up happening to Kaiopaka, I assumed it was later. Oh yeah, you didn't know they they knocked her off so quick. So I was like, oh yeah, shit, Kaiopaka. Now we can finally get into some of the interesting stuff about this universe. No. <laughs> oh, you're talking about like internal Bajoran politics. Internal Bajoran politics, uh, their uh, how their religion works, mm-hmm. how their understanding of their religion has changed with the knowledge of the wormhole. Yeah. And that Cisco is the emissary. No, no. We no, got no. none of that. <laughs> just, just zero of that. Nope. Just checking those off as no's. Um, uh, yeah. Execution, I gave it a two. Okay, well, that's fair. So, while proving throughout the episode <clears throat> that eternal life is, in this case, far worse than execution would have been, it isn't really presented as an epiphany. One, it's rather immediately shown to be obvious to everybody. And also, it isn't like these guys were on a quest for eternal life and it totally backfired or anything cool like that. It was right. forced upon them as punishment, indicating it was known to the people who did it to them that it was a terrible fate. Right. And also, the great philosophical point is rendered moot by the fact that, you know, it isn't possible to live forever anyway. So, um, not much to run, not much to run with in terms of the take that I, that I had. Yeah. Also, it's a piece of shit episode. That's a bad episode. It's very bad. It's uninteresting. It was boring. Yeah, really, for, (sighs) yeah, it's just, it's just terrible all the way around. And the. The whole everything that takes place not on the planet you can do without. Yep. Oh like, yeah, I didn't even know why they kept flashing back to DS9. There's no need. They can just at the end they can get a call from O'Brien. Yeah, I'm in orbit. And he's like, hey, we we found your we found the crash site. Yeah. We don't need like oh he figured out how to not get shot down by the defensive satellites. Fuck you. This always comes down to two things. It's either your theory that it's like Little League and everyone has to get a line, or it's like my theory, which is usually that they couldn't find a way to fill forty minutes. Yeah, no, this really... <laughs> like, I don't they, know. They hadn't figured out yet that Garrick was interesting. <laughs> no, they haven't even used Because that's what it. would have been the B-plot in this. This would have been a Garrick and Bashir episode for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah, Garrick would have been coming along for some reason if because Bashir was there. Let's be, let's be clear here. Bashir doesn't need to be here. <sighs> he really... He figures out that if they die... Like, he... Uh, yes, he... he if does they die, they'll be stuck thing. there. Dax could have done that, too. Yeah, he does a scientific thing. He does no character things. Yeah. Uh, so given that my take is that war is dumb and pointless, um, I gave it a three for execution. Uh, here's what I had to say. The idiots on this planet should have stopped fighting a long time ago, but 
you know, idiots. Yeah, but idiots gonna be idiots. Also, Kira, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. But an endless war sold, no one can remember how it started, is pretty hack. Yeah, it is. So anyway, I gave it a three. Okay. Uh, it's just so hack. It's just like... It is the least interesting idea. Well, no one remembers how this war started. Yes, especially because... By the way, that's not real. <laughs> that's right. That's not a real thing. But they claim it is. They're like, just like everything. You're like, yep. no, no, oh, not it's really. Old, it's the age-old story. <laughs> yeah. Of a war so old, no one can remember how it began. No, like, no because I... the people would be telling their kids bedtime stories about how the war started. About the misdeeds of the other side. Yes. Or... Even just from a historical perspective, the most interesting part of every war is how it began. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically. So, anyway. Is, unless you think the most interesting part of the Hundred Years' War is how long it ran. <laughs> it is not the most interesting part. That's um, just because they sucked at war. Yeah. It's, um... Yes, it is a stupid, hacky take. And also, again, as you already pointed out, there is absolutely no reason for them to fight. So it's not yes. that they forgot the reason. It's, there's no reason. Yes, and when when Jonathan Banks says that it's just because everybody can remember, like, everybody there remembers their family being killed by the other side, Hmm. and they just just need to get Rowenge. Right. It's... Yeah, 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 yeah. You would have stopped by now, though. Yes. Because it doesn't doesn't solve anything. There is no revenge. There's there's nothing you can do. Or they would have got, like, like, deep into torture. Oh, yeah, In yeah, a way yeah. that is, frankly, not even implied. Because later, we see that the these guys... I forget I forget whether they're the Ennis or the Noel Ennis. You know what I mean. <laughs> I call them the, the penis Noel, and the Noel. The Ennis or the Noel. The penis and the Noels uh, is what they're called. <laughs> Seminoles and the penis. They have three of the other guys in a cage. <laughs> and they're just sitting there. They're just in, they're just in their uniforms. Yeah. Just sitting in there like, ah, oh, we're in jail. When do we get out? They're not even trying to, like, inflict cruelty on them while they're alive. Yeah, not only would you think, oh, here's a cool idea, we can, um, we can torture them, but if you were going to be sadistic, you could just, like, trap them in a confined space, like a cage, but maybe, just so they couldn't even move, and just leave them there forever. Yeah. Be like, boom, gotcha. No, seriously, it would be something like an Iron Maiden, right? Yes. Like. All right. (sighs) World building. Anyway. Uh, world building. I gave it a Uh, one. There's very, very, for, there's surprisingly little. So we got the whole backstory of the penis and the knolls. Yes. <laughs> Probably not making another appearance, so who cares? Uh, l- just the tiniest little bit about who the Kai is, in case we forgot. But not, yeah, and, not and more frankly, than we got in the pilot. They don't say anything. All of the all of the work they do about the Kai is the reverence that Kira shows to her. Yeah, it's a surprise that she is there and that she wants to hang out with them, and then Kira's losing her shit when she dies and shit like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. Great work. One, uh, by know, the way, one. that's why Kira gets worst actor this week. Well, Nana Her Visitor... wailing was not, <laughs> not convincing. Nana Visitor needs to learn to tone it down a little bit, I think. She went, she went for full power. Uh, yeah, so I gave it a one. What'd you give it? Uh, I give it a two. <laughs> um, there are a couple of things. Um, Nissan particle emissions are characteristic of Starfleet warp reactors. Good Who cares? Know. Good to know. Uh, this is the first weird and ironic punishment we've seen so far in this project. Uh, yeah, probably. But it's not the last. Won't be the last. Uh, first destroyed runabout. Oh, there's that. Yeah, I hope you're not keeping a tally. It, uh, it ain't gonna be the last. <laughs> no. 
Uh, it's a two. Like they did no, they made no effort to do any world building. There, I mean, except that they made some, they did some stupid things. But we'll talk about them in quick hitters. They um, suck. Little bit of characterization, huh? Okay. Not as much, but some. Uh, Cisco doesn't give one half of one shit for the Prime Directive. No, he dismisses it very quickly. Uh, it's just the perfect person to have in a permanent first contact position. He's the worst at everything that has to do with diplomacy. Yeah. Uh, apparently Kira is deeply religious. Yep. Who knew? Yep. But it's something. Oh, we've learned so little about Kira. I agree. That it's not inconsistent, it's just... It's new. She's she's powerfully religious. Like I think, like we are starting to be told that most Bajorans are like that, that. That's what they're like. Yes, all we've heard, the only thing we've seen so far is that Anson Rowe doesn't want to take off her earring. Yes, like in chronologically, that's the only thing we've seen so far that indicate that Bajorans care at all. I think about that's their traditions. Right. Yeah, and and we learned about the Kai and the pilot, and so that gave us a little bit about their religion, not necessarily how 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 Bajorans relate to it. Yeah. Because like there could there could be a pope that nobody cares about, right? Right. Uh, Bashir is slightly less annoying than usual. Yes, because they gave him no characteristic, which is better than what he usually brings to the yeah, table. Yeah, they just don't. They're just like, hey, you're all you're almost not in this one. Uh, anyway, um, I think I graded this on a Deep Space Nine scale on because a it's a four. Yeah. It's a four for characterization, and I don't like reading that out loud. Doesn't seem like it's earned a four, really. But usually, that's where it is. usually when I have that happen, I go, eh, four still a bad score. I'm fine. And that's what it is, right? A four is not a great score for characterization. Yeah. I gave it a three. Okay. Kira is mad she wasn't considered, like, a UBL or, or like, Khalid um, Sheikh Mohammed level terrorist. Yeah. She's, like, but not happy about it. Doesn't matter, though. No, it's, it doesn't matter. No, um, it doesn't matter. She's clearly powerfully religious. Um, and she loses her shit when Kyle Paca dies. Uh, we get a lot of angry Cisco in this episode, shouting and barking at people, and plus he just straight craps on the Prime Directive. Um, and Bashir, O'Brien, Dax, and Odo appear in this episode. <laughs> yes, barely. So there you go. I gave it a three. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, this is the second time that Odo's going to show up in ops and be like, "You don't care that they're not here." <laughs> no one is ever keeping tabs on anybody. Like, this outpost, which should have shot to prominence in the Federation, apparently everyone still treats it like uh, no one cares. It's a terrible backwater. Oh, it's a gateway to an entire quadrant of the galaxy, 70,000 light years away. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I still hate it. I hate it here. I hate everything about it, and I don't want to be here, and I hate it. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I don't have as many quick hitters, so this might go quicker. Um, you might want to warn Kira before she sees her personnel file. Warn me? About what? Your fucking personnel file, bitch! You let me hand it over, Like, dummy. eavesdrop or don't! Well, how did you hear the first part of the sentence, but not the second part? That's the reverse order. That doesn't make any... If anything, you were probably one step closer when I said the second This part. is nonsense! This you is the dialogue monster! audio dead zone? The dialogue monster transported through time? Yes. It's, uh, it made me so mad when that happened. Uh, this alien leader <clears throat> is Mike from Breaking Bad. I know that means nothing to you, but I thought it was pretty funny. You recognize him as Buzz Hickey from Community. Yeah, I did. But also, mm-hmm. from Free Jack. Oh, I didn't know he wasn't Free Jack. He is 
Oh, one of the main bad guys in Free Is Jack. he like one of the security thug guys? One of the yes. thugs? Higher- he's like, I think he's like Mick Jagger's number two. Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, by the way, great as Buzz Hickey. Yes. With his duck um, cartoons. With his duck cartoons. <laughs> uh, Action okay. Kira and the world's slowest shoulder roll. Again, yeah. on Deep Space Nine, the main focus is on going slow enough that the graphics people don't have a hard time. Yeah, definitely not Kirk serpentining <laughs> in the fucking where no one has, no man has gone before. With his little legs! With his, kicking his little legs as he serpentines. His legs are so small! Yeah, he's all torso. Oh, I love it. He's a, he's a very torso-heavy man. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had. I told you it wasn't much. Uh, it's a couple of, I got a couple of things, but they're bad mostly. Uh, there's a planet 0.35 light years from the mouth of the wormhole. That's pretty close. And they've never explored it. <laughs> they just passed it every time. So you, have you heard of the Oort cloud? I have heard of it. It's the idea that there's a sort of a mass of, uh, comets. The origin of comets in our solar system is a bunch of icy bodies that surround the sun, mm-hmm. uh, the Oort cloud. Uh, it is estimated that the Oort cloud is uh, somewhere between one and two light years from the sun. Right. So point a third of a light year is, I mean, it's farther away than any of our planets. It's farther away than Voyager 1, etc. It's farther away than the Heliopause, but uh, it's like that's in that's inside the star system. Yeah, it is not far. So I don't know. I didn't look up who was the science consultant or technical consultant on this episode because i never watched the credits it's the same guy who was the technical consultant on all the twilight zones in the 60s uh, but they done did a bad job yeah a million miles from earth <laughs> You're like yeah that's that's really close dog it's, it's like this it's not even you didn't even get to mars yet. i don't think there's another planet out there with sentience on it i just yes. I haven't, we ain't seen it We'd, you'd be able to see it in the night sky. That's we traveled thirty six thousand miles. Moon thirty six thousand yeah. miles into space. Oh, whoops! <laughs> yeah, you're you're really you're very close. Um, we can see you. I already talked about Jonathan Banks, and so did you. If uh, if Cisco and company knew the warning signs of suicide, yeah, they would not have taken Kyle Parker through the wormhole. She is. She's like, she's languishing, distracted, and talking about prophecy. And then she gives O'Brien her necklace to give to his daughter, who she's never met. She's only barely met O'Brien. Yeah, she's like, you have a daughter, right? Here, give her this. That's a big suicide warning sign, giving away possessions yep. at random. Just the fact that she's acting like she has never acted before is a kind of a red flag. Yeah. Like, what? Like, she's never right. visited us. She's never even left the planet. But now she Let's wants just to go talking on... about a prophecy. Let's go through the wormhole. She wants to go on the spaceship. Okay. Uh, best actor I gave to Kai Opaka, I guess. Yeah, okay. I mean, just, I don't know who do else. do a lot, but fuck, like, who else? Yeah, I don't know who else is competing for that. Buzz Hickey? I don't know. No, he's, I mean, it's not his fault, but his whole arc is so terrible. It's so bad. Like, he's good at having a scar. I mean. <laughs> who was worst actor? Uh, Wailing Kira. Oh, that's I gave right. to Wailing Kira. Yeah, she's really bad. Um... I think this episode sets a record, Matt. Oh, no. And I think that record is the least amount of time that we've talked about an episode. Good. Because the I less, the better. Let's get out of here. To get through quick hitters at this point, we're talking about under 15 minutes. Did not deserve that much. We only had to, we had to do it. When we spent 45 minutes on each of the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, 27 points. 
actually... I mean, that's bad. It's bad. That that's just good. for DS9, it's not that bad. For <laughs> DS9, it's not that bad. Their average is 29. You're right. <laughs> God, so we're right, we're right in that wheelhouse for Deep Space Nine. They can't make up any ground. They just can't do it. But I mean, Move Along Home was 15, so... Like, that's... An episode I enjoyed 50 times as much. Oh, by the way, much more enjoyable. This yeah. episode is nothing. It's less than nothing. They killed off Kaiopaka for less than nothing. That's right. Her death is more meaningless than fucking Tashi R, for sure. Oh, yeah. At least Tashi R's death, there's a point about how meaningless it is. Like <laughs> That's right. It's shocking to people. This one's so meaningless, no one even cares about this that aspect even, of it. No one gives half a shit. The good news is we don't have to talk about this episode ever again if we don't want to, because this week we watched Cathexis. Mm, always love that. That's such a good, such a good theme. Um, all right, so Tuvok and Chicote were doing something. I didn't really catch it, and uh, but they got they got hurt. And the Voyager picks them up. They were in a shuttlecraft. And uh, Chakotay is mad unconscious. But then people start acting weird on the ship. He's brain dead. He's not even just unconscious. Oh, yeah, super brain dead, which we'll get to in the end of this episode. Anyway. um, Fucking lucky they didn't Terry Shivo him. (laughs) I know. He's super brain dead. But then people on the ship start acting weird. And uh, they eventually figure out that there's alien mind control at play. But, oh, no, wait a minute. There's double mind control at play. And, um... Chakotay's soul saves the ship or something. I don't know. There, there was alien mind control. The end. I had a hard time. This is a tough one. I had a hard t- By the way, uh, this episode is not as bad as the previous episode to watch. Yeah, that is true. It was more I interesting say, than I w- the DS9. I want to say that, like, just from a, an enjoyment perspective, which we have been taken to task for not really incorporating into our scores. Mm-hmm. This one's not as bad. I agree. Agreed. As the last one. Maybe not as bad as Data Lore. Although Data Lore is so baffling, you kind of enjoy watching it. <laughs> it is kind of. I mean, the problem with Data Lore is that it has so much Spiner. And yeah, he that's, is hard that makes to it watch. harsh. Yeah. Um, here's where I eventually landed, and I am not surprised if you have a different take. When you don't understand someone, you can misinterpret their actions. In other words, this is a third bite at the Darmok cherry. Okay. Who is it they don't understand? They, they, the alien? So, the alien. The so, alien it is trying to prevent them from going to the place. Yes. And they think that is a sign that it is their enemy. Yeah. Whereas their real enemy is not doing anything suspicious at all. Yes. I get two you. points. It's just two points. It's yeah. just so bad. Yeah, the Chicote soul mind control is trying to stop them from going to the place where the bad things happen. But yeah. that's the only thing that they can observe is that this one is trying to stop us from doing something. So I get yes. I get what you're talking about. That but I mean it sucks. Yeah. It sucks and it sucks that it wasn't clear what they were trying to do with this dumb episode. Yeah, here's what I got and it's worth a one. Maybe there are scientific explanations for spiritual beliefs like the soul. Yeah, and it's uh, would not be the first time this has come up in Voyager. So we saw this in 
emanation? The one that we hoped was going to be a real deep dive and exploration about the nature of religion and the afterlife and things like that. And yeah, wasn't. the one where ten minutes into it we were like, all right, it's happening. This is sci-fi, we're doing a sci-fi. All right, we're doing it. Here comes big sci-fi. And there the is end, no God and your beliefs are foolish. <laughs> at the end they were like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Oh, but here, but look, look, think about this for a minute. <laughs> Something is sending energy out to those asteroids. And then maybe like, it's the soul. Do you really believe that? I don't know. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> it's like the least declarative ending of all time. Uh, that got such a. Di- I'm still disappointed about that. That like, was a bummer. We could have had a good episode there. Um. Anyway, the whole time they're like talking about. It's not good. This isn't even like a really good idea for a take. I just couldn't come up with anything. Chakotay's stupid spirit dream wheel or whatever is up above his thing, and he's they're like, "Oh, find your way home, Chakotay." And then it turns out, oh, he is still around, but it's his weird life life force, mm-hmm. unexplained life force that's going around and controlling everybody's brains with science reasons, techno babble mm-hmm. reasons, and I. Uh, I just figured maybe they were saying, like, well, maybe there is things like the soul, but it's a scientific thing that we will never really explain because it's, it's not a thing. So it's a one. And for execution, I'll just go in. I gave it a one. Mm. Just because of what That's I just said. That's so poor! What I just said. Because <laughs> of all the things I just said. <laughs> it wasn't good. I had, I had a couple of thoughts on the execution. It was, it was a whodunit. And weird things in space, and it was nothing. Yeah. Go for it. No, you're right. It's a nothing of an episode. Yeah. Um, so, the fact that the presence is trying to stop the crew from getting back seems sinister. Hmm. Really undercut by the fact that I was immediately 100% certain it was Chakotay. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. There was no sense of uh, surprise when you found out. Yeah, like, uh, no, yeah, if anything, I was like, nah, it's it's Chicote though. Yeah. He doesn't want him to go back. And by the way, as we covered last week, I have never seen this episode before. That's right, we're in new ground here. This is new ground for me. Not so. the new ground, that's much better. I was not, no, that, no and never. <laughs> I mean, eventually. You're right. Uh, so yeah, I was just like, that's ah, Chicote though. Yeah. Um, also, they really cheat in this episode by waiting way too long to make us suspicious of Tuvok. Yeah. I was suspicious of him really early. There's no clues until you get to the nerve pinch hint. Uh, But by the way, that's not a clue. That's like, you you, you dumb pinched her. Yeah. Yes, except that... There's nothing else that could have happened. The doctor apparently doesn't know that that's a... The Vulcan nerve pinch was done. So the doctor has the same problem as Data? Yeah, he basically doesn't look it up. He knows unless someone he knows tells him to. Everything the plot requires him to know, and nothing it doesn't. That's yeah. exactly how he works. It's probably based on data. Yeah, I bet Same the doctor was programmed by Commander Maddox. Same algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Commander Maddox. You blew it. He, he fucking he read he read the dumb letter that Data sent him in Data's day, and he programmed an algorithm, and it became the hologram, the emergency medical hologram. That is a good alternate theory. Uh, and also, execution-wise, I wish they had left out the corridor scenes from Data's dream program. Yeah, those are never good. Don't, oh, we're like getting f- it from the from the spirit's point of view. I don't a care. A fisheye lens of something flying. Anyway, I gave it, um, I gave it four points. Oh, wow, okay. That's still reasonably bad, but... generous, but it's still bad. Yeah. Like, maybe it didn't really earn four, but, like, I don't want to... I don't want to shoot ahead too far, but four is the highest this episode scored in any category for me, so... Oh, that would be true of me, too. 
no point in stealing any points from it. Um, that's a bad episode. Yeah. World building. There's some. Go for it. There's some. Uh, command code transfers. Hmm. Okay. They do a lot of business with the command codes. That's somewhat interesting to me. Okay. We've... we've I don't know how much command code stuff we've gotten to in this project, but certainly uh, by this point in Star Trek history, we'd already seen a, a ton of different ways they are used. But yeah, the oh, transfer. We've of seen them. some, but I think never quite this much. Yes. Like when she breaks her powers up into different command code groups. Yeah, never, never seen that. Et cetera. Uh, and that's sort of interesting in the sense that the ship's computer can do basically anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it can perform the function of any crew member. So the command codes are kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. Like, it's never really explored. Maybe when Data takes over the ship five or six times. We'll get to that. <laughs> All of the times. All of the times he takes over the ship. He just does it by saying, Picard, Alpha, Bravo, Bravo, Charlie, Seven, Niner. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, that wide beam phaser's done. Yeah. Tuvok employees. Where was that all of these years? I have that in there too. Yeah, that was pretty neat. I like that. That was cool. That's a neat thing to have. A lot more of that. And, uh, it really makes a lot of the, the the five TNG firefights that we seem like dumb. But hey, just use the wide beam setting. It makes all of the other firefights that happen in all of the Star Trek seem really dumb. You can drop a whole bridge crew in one shot. Yeah, you're just like, wait a minute, you just gonna zap the whole room? They should have done that in this episode, in that episode, in this episode. Uh, warp core ejection should not require command code authorization. In an emergency, that's gonna be a real problem. That's gonna be a real problem if Bolana Torres, the chief engineer, is not authorized to eject the warp core. Yeah. I understand you don't want anyone to be able to do it, because it's vital, but, yeah. you know... Well, See, but here's the you got thing. ten seconds to get that thing out of there before it blows or whatever, and you're just like, oh, I don't got the codes. Somebody call Chakotay. <laughs> here's the thing. It's also reversible. Mm. At the end, they're just like, we managed to pick up the warp core and everything's cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. So why bother then? We, we went back to where the warp core was ejected, says Janeway. Everything's cool now. <laughs> that's, I do remember her saying that. We're back to, don't worry about next week, we're right back to where we were. Warp cores aren't that important anyway. I remember that seems like a, that. a big deal, but it's not. Uh, and of course, consciousness can exist outside of the body as neural energy. I don't know, though I mentioned here that we saw that in the religion episode as well. Um, four points, though. You know what? After saying all of those things, I feel like it's six points. Go for it, man. Give it some yeah, points. It's six points. I don't think it's going to material. Given the two scores you've already given it, I don't think it's going to materially affect the outcome of the week. But. Now that I remember the things I put down for world building in the previous three episodes, this actually seems like I did quite a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, um, it, it actually also earned a point from me because I originally gave it a three, but I'm bumping it to a four because yeah. the command code stuff was was kind of interesting. Uh, well, I I like the minutia and the business of how Starfleet is run because no matter how, how much we get, it never it never really it, fully clarifies. No, the, <laughs> you still don't have any. There's no good idea. This is like, I'm sure, I am sure that the bad episode that I hate, Chains of Command, is going to get some points for the transfer of command ceremony. Oh yeah, you're going to give it a mad points for when Jellicoe's sworn in. That's worth points. <laughs> There's a whole ritual around it. And? I, I relieve you, sir. I stand relieved. And they do There's it again at the end of part two. Yep, that's right. 
anyway, I love that. I like that kind of little business, but um, there's nothing. <sighs> Shit, the neural energy thing is big, too. But, you know, we've already seen it. Yeah, we've already seen it, and I fucking hate it. And it's very dumb, and it's very bad when you consider that I don't know how many TNG episodes we are away from it, but at one point, they're just going to explain that nobody understands how telepathy works. Yeah, thanks for that. And guy. it's not possible to block telepathy. And it's going to seem like nobody cares about figuring that out. Yeah. Uh, so I had bioneural energy stolen from Chakotay's dang head. Um, they did steal it right from his dang old head. Have we gone over Kess's telepathic powers yet in this show? Uh, it comes up in the the end of the pilot, and I think one other time so far. It's dumb, and I can't recall. They don't just they never use it for anything. Nope. And she never like I think at one point has she already apprenticed with Tuvok? Um, to start no training discipline. I don't think it's so. A, does that ever happen? They threaten to do it in this episode, where he's like, okay. "Oh, she's she doesn't really know how to use it. I'll help her out." And then he gives her. The oh, pinch. that's true. With the mind meld. Yeah, and then he gives her the big old pinch. But then he just nerve nerve pinches her instead. Yeah. Should have just punched her in the face. That's less obviously Vulcan, <laughs> I but I guess this alien mind doesn't know. Um, I guess he he wanted her to he wanted people to think she'd passed out, but I mean, any examination was obviously going to show what happened. But yep, yeah. Um. Let's see, uh, Alien Mind Control, also not super new. Uh, that wide field stun that we already talked about in Command Code Transfers, I gave it a four. How do you feel about the characterization in this episode? Balana knows Chakotay's Native American rituals, because he's an Indian. <laughs> yep. Oh, is he? We can't go an episode without them telling us, just like the trip is from the South. That's it's very true. This is her fried catfish moment. <laughs> Pan fried catfish. Fuck you, <laughs> Michael Pillar or whoever the fuck is running that. Would it thing? have been better or worse if his favorite food was beignets? I just want to fucking punch everyone who is responsible for everything that happens in that show. Uh, the doctor also knows about his Native American rituals. Uh, the doctor's still moody. Yeah, for a minute I thought there was going to be a whole alternative medicine arc. That would have been so bad. I'm glad they didn't do it. I mean, the rest of it's so bad anyway. I just... It didn't happen. All they do is the kind of turnaround where Bolana thinks that he's going to be up her butt about it. But then, like, it turns out he secretly knows about alternative medicine. And considers them... Fucking medical database. Yep, and he considers them forms of treatment. He has a medical database, but he doesn't know what a fucking neck pinch is. All right. All right, it's fine. Neelix is already very different from the Neelix of the pilot. He's not, like, the happy comic relief he once was. Now he's the paranoid and annoying comic relief, and I think it's a wash. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't like pilot Neelix any better. He's different, but he still sucks. They've leaned into the paranoia about Kess' angle, Mm -hmm. um, which I guess does explain why Kess is eventually going to leave him. (laughs) That's right, dog. You're not not playing it super good. He's pushing her away. With his jealousy. Everybody else is the exact same paranoid character in this episode. I couldn't really find much difference between the characters and how they were acting. Um, I gave it a two. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Voyager is not amazing on characterization. It's right in the middle of the pack. It's the third out of five. It's definitely much better in our scores than Enterprise. Right. But the top is TOS for us, and I think that's just because the characters are, like... They're just fun. 
theater loud. They're like stage play loud. Yeah, it's just in it's, TOS. It's fun to watch them do their stupid crap. Uh, but one character that has consistently resonated well with us so far is Janeway. Yeah, yeah, she's been she's been the only bright spot in that show. And she's fucking along for the ride in this episode. Yep. She has no idea what to do about any of this. Except for, like, she does a little bit of that command code shuffling business, but, like, she can't contain their weird paranoia. Yeah. She just says, you know, like, she's very disappointed when they all pull phasers on each other in that conference room scene. Yeah. But she can't solve the problem. She's not in control. She's just along for the ride. Um, so I figured the only actual character work that happens in this episode are uh, Bolana's loyalty to, Ch- to Chicote. Yep. And the doctor's seeming acceptance of alternative medicine. Yep. Those are kind of a wash, and given that there's not much else, I only gave it a two. Yeah, we, it seems like we were in almost exact agreement about what happened here. Yeah. It's like, characterization is not Voyager's weak spot. Not normally. But... This week. <laughs> this week, it, it is. Yeah. Um. So, do you have some quick hitters for me while I total this baby up? Yep, started with me screaming... No hollow novel! No! Because it it starts with a, her in a hollow novel. Oh, yeah, and by the way, let's talk about this hollow novel scene. So they filmed it for a different episode. Well, they must have, because it doesn't have anything to do with this episode. It, it's completely unrelated to the rest of the episode. It's just fucking cut and pasted in. Um, They were intending to make this a recurring thing. I hate that. That she was going to go play in the holodeck and play this weird Victorian fantasy. Governess thing going on. Governess thing, Blah. yeah. Um, you know, like half Jane Austen, half... No, it's porno. just all Jane Austen. Also porno, right? She's definitely going to get nailed, right? Oh, yeah. That guy, the the very plain-looking 40-year-old dad is going to rail her. He's going to give for it sure. her so good in the way that ladies love to be railed by 40-year-old dads. Yep. Oh, yeah, she's into dad bod, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, they just fucking stuck it on here, and uh, I was so... When I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck you, we just... Last week was Beowulf. I was so unhappy. And we're here we go in the hol- holodeck again. I'm actually more mad that it was just a throwaway. It's, it's angering. They just did that for no reason. Like, it wasn't, oh, they went at the holodeck two weeks in a row. It was like, this is just nothing. It doesn't relate... That like I was like, is there something in here about like this is one of the episode was only half over? Yeah, and I was like trying to think so back I, to it. Like, why did this happen? She's she's gonna be a governess to these kids, <laughs> and he wants her to be kind of a mother figure too. And her is does that relate in any way to no. her interactions with the crew? <laughs> yeah. and, but it does not no. because. Frankly, her relationship with the crew has come up a lot more in earlier episodes. It doesn't come up at all. In she's this. straight up talked about how she's their fucking mom in the other episodes. Yeah, like it's it's in other episodes to a much greater extent. Yeah, it's not in this one at all. And it's because oh yeah, they just they just fucking cut and pasted. They're just like oh well, we'll just make this the teaser for this episode that's not about this at all. Yep. So it just opens up on the holodeck, and I was furious when I saw it. Yep. Like, no, 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 no! Please, no more holodeck. Uh, yeah, that's my. By the way, that's my first quick hitter. Fuck you if this is two holodeck episodes in a row. Fucking fake English accent, and her name's Mrs. Davenport. Gross. Yeah, it's very bad. Ugh. Also, recognize that other lady in the holodeck. Of course, it's Toreth. Romulan Commander, what's her name? Times two, because she's played two Romulan Commander, what's her names, as well as Marasta Yate in the TNG episode First Contact. 
Yeah, she's in a lot of shit, but I think of her as Torath from Fates of the Enemy. Yes. Uh, the doctor says the medicine wheel won't work because not enough of Chakotay's mind is left to work with. Yeah, what does that mean? That's why the medicine wheel won't work. Yep. Fuck you, Voyager. Not because it's rocks on an animal skin. <laughs> Fuck you, Voyager. I already don't trust that ugly lieutenant who appeared out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. The guy just shows up. He's like, hey, I'm the creepy lieutenant. And you're like, oh, he's the bad guy. That's the bad yep, guy. I have that, too. I said that random bridge lieutenant made me think we had a conundrum situation for the first 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, the episode of TNG where the bad guy in the episode is clear to everyone who is watching because he just that shows he's... up. Right, because we've never seen this guy before. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, Kieran McDuff is the first officer. Yeah. Um, and sure, this guy's just a random bridge lieutenant, but it's like, that means he outranks Harry Kim and Tom Paris. And he came out of fucking nowhere. And just out of left field, just appears. And he gets speaking lines. He's got like five lines I'm in this so, episode. I'm so confused by what, because he wasn't in it. Like, he just, yeah, he's I, like, ah, I'm one of the guys. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, I thought we had a conundrum, and then we didn't, so that's... Now there's a lot of reasons this is a bad episode. I'm wondering if he's just taken over the lines that Fresca had or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay, sure. It's like, what we have this guy. It's Lieutenant Carey. Just have him be on the <laughs> yeah, bridge for some ca- reason. More Carey, please. Let's, let's have some Carey. I like his Chief O'Brien hair. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, when they're trying to, when Tom Paris is being framed in the beginning? Yep. And Tuvok is giving his reveal how come he didn't bring in his dog witness where was the dog witness in sickbay it was the perfect opening i have one other bit of evidence and then the dog walks in and you're like oh he got me again always kidding me with that dog fucking poirot of the delta quadrant (laughs) he's gonna turn the captain's red room into an accusation parlor so we had a couple of episodes this week that to me and i think to you just felt like a bunch of tngs mixed up Mm -hmm. to me this one started off like clues Mm-hmm. Which is the episode where Data is lying to everybody and no one can figure out what's happening. Because it's like, Correct. something's off. I don't know who's telling the truth and who's not Tom Paris. What's going on? Then it becomes like power play mixed with Lonely Among Us? Yep, that's exactly what we have. Those were the three that I thought it was. Where Plus Conundrum, I already talked about. Yes. That's a red herring. That was a red herring, exactly. But where it's aliens... not really Conundrum, but I had strong Conundrum vibes. Power play where aliens have taken over part of the crew to do bad things or whatever, and then part lonely among us because of all the weird energy being transferred from person to person or whatever. It's, ugh. Anyway. Yep. Uh, I think the doctor did a magic surgery at the end. He just goes, I fixed him and don't worry about how. Yep. That sucked. I, I mean, like, but so like, obviously. Like, by the way, you could have gotten two minutes back to explain that or, like, have a scene of it happening or do anything by dropping the fucking... Uh, Jane Eyre segment from yeah. the cold open. You just start the cold open, you start, it's an emergency, emergency music. And, yeah. oh no, Chakotay's in sick bay and he's brain dead. There's like 15 TNG cold opens that are like, the ship gets blown up. <laughs> yeah, or like, oh no, Picard's got a hole in his chest. Yeah, like, you could, any one of those would have worked. Yeah, uh, very disappointing. You could have started right at, they found Chakotay's shuttle and he's brain dead. Yep. That's all I had for quick hitters. <sighs> yeah, um... I have a couple more things. Uh, some fucking wild speculation that the alien mind can't take control of the Doctor, right? Oh yeah, they've just decided it. We've seen many times that artificial people have been taken over by all kinds of things. Yeah, but she's just like, I'm going to give you the command codes to the ship. Yeah. Because they, they can't take you over. Well, for one thing, <gasps> if the alien takes over somebody who knows how to code, they can just fucking code that fucker. Uh, there, did you notice there was a scene when Janeway put her hand on Bolana's shoulder real awkwardly? No, I probably blocked it out. I thought at that moment, 
oh, Balana must think Janeway's under the alien's control right now. Because it seemed so unnatural <laughs> that she would make physical contact. And also, it was very awkward right the way it happened. Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> like, just take a pot shot. Just, here comes that wide beam stun. Yeah. Uh, uh, three points determine a plane, not a line. Oh, boy. I'm just saying. Okay. Like, they're like, ah, the, when they put those, uh, here are the three planets. Oh, okay, we'll go along the line between them. Nope. That's right. Yes, that's correct. Nope, not a line. I mean, I guess it's two lines if you're... If that's you're... definitely not a line, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tuvok, Paris, and Torres all got demoted in this episode. Oh, shit, really? Uh-huh. They all lost pips? They all lost pips. Oh, that's disappointing. She was fucking and... cleaning house after last week. And here is the fun thing. They're all permanent. Huh. Like, so you did from some this reading. point on, they all have these ranks until, I think, eventually Tuvok gets an, an on-screen promotion later. So you saw, noticed that they had lost I pips noticed and it then and went to Memory it? Alpha to, to read about it, and I was like, oh, weird that all three of them... So I noticed it on Tuvok, and I noticed it on Bolana Torres. I didn't notice it immediately on Tom Paris. What, is, what were they all demoted from and to? They all lost one rank. So Tuvok so, was Tuvok lieutenant went down, commander? Went down to full lieutenant in this episode. Okay. Uh, Torres lost a bar on her weird Maquis rank. Yeah, it's really, by the way, so very divisive. Those provisional ranks, mm-hmm. I think, are interesting to me because it's an alternate rank scheme in on Starfleet uniforms. So that's, I think, why I noticed it. Also, there's a real, there's like a close-up of her that shows it. Okay. I didn't notice Paris, but he's down to... Um, Lieutenant Junior Grade now. She cleaned house after last week. She's like, look, everyone's fucking up. I mean, Tuvok and Torres, she should have demoted after that episode where Tuvok... They tried to steal the technology. Tried to steal the technology? Yeah. So maybe that makes sense. It doesn't... But Tuvok is inconsistent in this episode. Like, in some scenes, he's a lieutenant commander. I hate shit But after this episode, he's going to be a lieutenant. Fine. He's Uh, an 800-year-old lieutenant. Yeah, okay, fine. Fine. Uh, Join the club. Anyway, they all got demotions. Um, the German guy's website ranks this as the eighth worst Voyager episode. Huh. I wonder how we will end up rating it. <laughs> not not good. Your points on this are not good. It was really... It, again, it was uh, better to watch than DS9, but it was a piece of shit. Uh, best actor. Chakotay in a coma. Nice. I know it's not a tough role. Nice. <laughs> but imagine if it had been Garrett Wang. He, yeah, he would have blown it for sure. He certainly would have blown it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure would have blown it. <laughs> also, worst grading actor. on a curve for Robert Beltran too. Yeah, worst actor. Just thinking about Magnetons, Kim. <laughs> That's right. He's like, just weird... fucking spaces until everyone pulls their faces on him. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa! I was just thinking about Magnetons. I was thinking about Magnetons. I really love them. I'm, I actually was not taken over by the alien. I just really love Magnetons. Uh. I talked myself up to 14 points on this episode. Good job. Uh, from what would have been 12. So that actually ties the Deep Space Nine episode. Um, you gave this episode eight points. Talked up to eight. No, talked up to eight. Now, the thing about that is eight is tied with your worst ever score. Uh, this, this episode so if was I hadn't If I hadn't world built you up to eight points, what would have been the this winner? would have been the worst episode you have ever scored. It would have been the reverse winner. Yeah. Yeah, dog, uh, there's nothing happened. There was, there was not it, an episode. No, it really it really is nothing. It's garbage. It was this is a garbage episode. In the way the title of the episode is nothing. Cathexis? Yes. 
Yeah, that means mental energy. Yeah, it was nothing. I looked it up. I was like, that has to mean something. It's something with Sigmund Freud. It's a term from Sigmund Freud about, like, investment of mental energy in something. Mm, great. Uh, so, fine. Cool. Cool. One of the writers knew something about psychoanalysis. Mm. Fun. Um, so, overall. Together, that is 22 points, which is a very poor score. Bad job. Bad job, Wager. Whew. Is it the worst? Is it not? I don't know. This week we watched Dear Doctor. Couple questions. Yeah. One, is that the best song on Breathe? Uh, boy, that's a complicated question. What's question number two? What does that have to do with this episode? Is it theme- uh, is it thematically appropriate? Or uh, did you just yes, feel like it? Because recently my Enterprise picks have been thematically appropriate, starting maybe with Fortunate Son? I don't know. I'm not sure we'd have to go back. Uh, well, at the end of this episode, fucking spoiler alert for a dumb and bad episode where people do dumb and bad things. Yep. Uh... Archer decides to withhold the cure for a oh, virus. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's kind of a sin of omission. All right. right? I'm with you. I get it now. Uh, Enterprise encounters astronauts on a quest for a cure for their planetary plague. That's all I fucking wrote for the synopsis. Oh, that's fine. Cause that's, all the rest that happens is dumb. That's five minutes in. Anyway, they discover that there's two races on this planet and one of them's not sophisticated. But, like, they seem real smart, though. Yeah, I didn't really understand what they were doing. And one of them is technologically sophisticated. And they don't treat the other one that bad? I I don't know. It's a whole thing. Anyway, evolution says that the not-sophisticated race is supposed to take over the planet. And Phlox has got to be up his butt about it. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you go first on your take? Uh, Oh, the take's not so bad. It's... How do you handle what will become prime directive situations without established guidelines? Okay. So it's a question, so that's not great. It's only a five. Right. But that's the highest score I gave this episode. Uh, and that's just... Uh, that's, so that is the plot of the episode, essentially. Is uh, Well, it, yeah. it becomes the plot of the episode. When Flox like, is what, like, uh, but you know, they're gonna die anyway, so, you know. It's what do you do when you have the power to make a life or death decision, but it's gonna change things. Right. I, I passed on the Prime Directive, and I went with every culture has its own norms and dynamics, and each is equally valid. Which is something that Phlox talks about a few times in the episode. He does, and it comes up with his weird plural marriage and stuff. Yep, um, and the way the two races deal with each other on the planet and all that stuff. What's I, that worth to you? Two. Two. That's a fat two. That's not great. I think it's a garbage take. It is kind of a wet garbage take. What? How did they execute on your wet garbage take? I gave him a three. Kudos to Enterprise for exploring... Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Don't say that like that's a good score. I don't know. After this week, I'm just saying, like, it's a lot of crap. Oh, boy, that is true. So far, you've given your execution scores were a 3, a 4, a 2, and a 1. That's, so I guess a 3 I'm saying it. Good. They're right on track here. Um, 
kudos to Enterprise for exploring this idea and for having crew members come down on different sides of different cultural issues. Um, these kinds of encounters are the reason that there's eventually a prime directive, right? To like take the reins out of the hands of individual captains and doctors and etc. And yeah, by the way, fun if this was the first series. Yeah, chronologically, not so fun when it's the fifth series. And we've dealt with this six. And we know times. what the prime directive is. Yeah. Flock. And it's like, boy, how did there come to be a prime directive? I bet they had to make a tough choice. That's uh, the entire reason Enterprise exists, by the way. We will find out. The entire yeah. reason Enterprise exists is to ruin all the other shows by trying to explain them. It might fix things if they had uh, good writers, but they don't have good writers. I mean, Enterprise is the Rogue One yes. of Star Trek for sure. So how'd we get here? Is, they set out to answer questions that nobody cares about. That is right. Or... Some people do, but that are not really important. Or that if you had a good writer on your staff, you could reasonably come up with answers for, but you don't have good writers. Yes. Flox uh, comes down on the side of something like, disease is going to kill dudes, we can't interfere, which seems strange for a doctor. It does seem like a weird position for a doctor to hold. It might have worked better, maybe coming from, like, T'Pol's super logical point of view or something? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe if it had come from T'Pol, it would make more sense. But it's just so extremely theoretical and academic, an argument. It doesn't really seem reasonable to apply it to these specific aliens. Like, to let a planet full of people die, because it could theoretically alter the balance between species on the planet. You would never cure anybody of anything, then. You'd never do anything. It's yeah, well, let's just it's extremely, let's jump into it. It's extremely un-Roddenberryan, first of all. Yeah. And Archer gives some awful speech about the future prime directive which is the worst writing someday we'll have a way to do oh, it was so you. bad it was so bad I, it makes me cringe fuck you five times <laughs> but this situation uh, wouldn't even apply because these aliens went into deep space met to find them it's not a prime directive situation multiple warp capable alien species already from what we they know all about warp drive they keep talking about it from what yep, we know yep. about they throw the ferengi in this episode for no fucking reason from what we know about the prime directive starfleet would certainly assist in this situation yep it just felt like the tone and the decision they made was all wrong and not like oh they don't have their shit together and made a mistake wrong just like bad writing wrong it's like they couldn't think of a good backstory for the prime directive and they just went with the first thing they thought of mm. So, again, my premise was about the Prime Directive, right? Yeah. So, uh, how do you handle the Prime Directive situations without established guidelines? You watch The Next Generation on Netflix and try to cobble together an analogy. <laughs> Very cynical take. But fuck, but fuck then, this episode's so bad. It's really not good. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I know we're just in season one, and none of these shows have their shit together, but... These are not, it's been a, a real hard time. Not a lot of good episodes. Okay, but how, but like, the Menagerie Part 1. Yeah, that's true, it was decent. But it's like, they're doing such a hard thing in that. Yes. And they do it in such a sophisticated way, that like, you could believe, if you didn't know that this was a pilot, you could believe that this was an episode. Right. Yeah, well, maybe it's like there are a couple of things that give it away, like Spock acts different. Yes. But like, there's not that much. Yeah, and you could just convince yourself he used to act different. That's how he was 11 years ago. Yeah, and maybe it's because there were only like two networks back then, and so maybe all the good writers were concentrated. Maybe somehow they had a way to like screen out the bad ones, because they clearly didn't have that anymore. 
Yeah, well, well that's gone. These other yeah, ones those days showed up. <laughs> uh, world building. There's a couple of things. Okay. Uh, Denobulans. That's what Phlox is. Yeah. Have uh, group marriages. Right. And they also hibernate six days a year. Yep. That's not much. Um, but at least he's the main character. You... And whenever you get world building about a species who at least the main character is that species. Like you imagine it's going to come up at least once more. Yes. These things might come up in the future. Um, very few worlds have multiple intelligent species on them. Okay. So that's something we've learned here. Uh, another instance in Star Trek, the first one was in Deep Space Nine, but we, it's already happened both in this project and chronologically, of a dying race. Yeah. Where everyone's just like, well, they're doomed. They're, yeah, they're almost out of time. Well, fuck it, though. Right. This is so counter to what we're going to see in Half a Life, if we ever get to that. Yeah. Because, like, hey, that's a pretty doomed race, huh? Yeah. Their whole solar system is about to go away. Uh, anyway, yeah. three points. I gave it three points for world building because there's very there's not much. All right. There's a little bit about denobulance. All right. Here's what I got. Okay. Flox is part of an interspecies medical exchange. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I, we may, I may we have been told that, that, but yeah. now we know the other part is that there's a human. But- only in the pilot, and yeah, you're right. We didn't know anything about the human that's somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, now we know he has a doctor friend, who I think he's talked about before, but not the part where now he's on Denobula. Oh, whatever. Whatever they're called. Anyway, it's part of the framing device, which we'll talk about in a minute. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Denobulans don't like to be touched. They don't like yeah, physical contact. Yeah, I guess contacts. that's something. Human females have got some weak-ass pheromones. Yeah. Comparatively, according to Flocks. Yeah. Uh, the Ferengi and the Malexa have visited yeah, well, these sick dudes before. And that's t- a real hack Star Trek premise, right? That's like like Hitler or Stalin yeah. or Kodos. <laughs> yes. There's a race we've heard of and a race we haven't. Yes, exactly correct. Uh, T'Pol does not appear to have heard of either. Yep. Um, and yes, two sentient species on the same planet. I gave it as much as a five. <sighs> Boy, I hate to do this, but I think you talked me up one. That's only fair. You uh, talked me up on world building earlier. Yeah, I guess that's true. On that shit uh, Voyager episode. Yeah, there's a little more going on than I noticed when I was watching this. Uh, this is not one where I was rushed for time. Like, we watched these early, so I don't feel like I was in a particularly cynical mood when I got to this one. But uh, but you do sound cynical yeah. on this one. You, it's because it was you, terrible. That's bad. It's a bad episode. Um, Characterization. I can go. Um, Flox is still trying to figure out humanity. Like, he's got, he's still got some questions about how to relate to them and deal with them. Um, he also tells this other doctor guy, his pen pal, all of his personal shit. This is not yeah, a professional true. pen pal. This is not like, oh, we're two doctors and we talk about doctor stuff. This guy's just, yep. I'm dating. See this chick that I'm dating. She's fucking, well. e- she's hella easy. Or whatever. I mean, there is some stuff in there that's, like, in the context of interspecies exchange experience. Yes. But, yeah, he's bragging a little bit. And, obviously, he hates the idea of playing with a planet's biological evolution, whatever that is worth. Uh, Trip cries at old movies. That was to prove he was in the episode. That's right. Uh, Archer loves his dog, D'Artagnan, or whatever. Also, I, the first sublight species he run he runs into, and he's like, "Oh, never mind. The Vulcans were right all along." 
Yeah. It's like, wow, you really turned around so quick on that one. Uh, Hoshi is a little gossip. Also, did you know she's good with languages? Yep. <laughs> and T'Pol hates dentists. That was worth that... as much as five. Wow, I can't believe that's a five. It wasn't um, all pleasurable, but they tried. They did work. Boy, here is me on this one. All right, here we uh, go. <laughs> suddenly, Archer consults to Paul. Yeah, he really turned around quick. Yeah. Uh, any bets on whether his newfound understanding of Vulcan activities on Earth will continue to soften their relationship? <laughs> I, I do have a bet on that. <laughs> yeah, well, you've seen this and I haven't, but my bet is that it will not. <laughs> right. Um, also, yeah. Archer gets talked into letting a whole race die. Also really quickly. Yeah. One conversation, um, just like, I don't know. I mean, they're going to die, though. It's like, eh, good point. I'm sorry, that's not Star Trek. That's zero points. Yeah, I do have to admit you talked me down. It's very inconsistent. I just thought it was funny, but it is inconsistent. You could give me a four for characterization. Okay. That was not so great. Tell me, tell me about your many and varied quick hitters while I sum this up. You know, I never have any for for Enterprise. All right, just, um, you want to give? You can give me your Star Trek episode quiz in a second. You're gonna. All right. Yes, that's why I wanted you to go first on quick hitters. Okay. Uh, Flox's little zoo is full of things that are worse than Muppets. Yep. Not and a... they're worse. They're worse than the thing the data taps on the glass <laughs> and goes loo 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 Yes, worse than that. Worse loo, than loo, the Corvin dildos. All of that. Not only that, it's so lazy that they're all mostly hidden under goop or sand or in a bucket (laughs) so that you can't really see them. Oh, boy, you know what? Your point about how this is an episode about cultures are different is kind of borne out by the fact that he fucking eats a grub right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Cool. More slice of life crap. So happy nobody came up with anything to write about. Yep. Uh, most of Flox's work is pretty routine, is what he says. I remember a lot of crazy medical emergencies already. Yeah, so far he's had some stuff to deal with, like when, uh, like when Trip had, uh, wrist nipples. Yeah, 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 the, he had the wrist nips, uh, there was that Klingon that they had to save in the first episode. Yeah, yeah, that was less than routine. They've been shot yeah. at, like, a hundred times already. Yeah. Um, but that's what he tells the other doctor. That's pretty routine. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty routine. Fucking asshole. Well, look, they show him treating a, a plasma burn, so... Uh, oh, great. Athos, or Aramis, is in this episode again. Yep. Um, T'Pol makes a pretty big leap about the risk of cultural contamination based on 30 seconds with that patient. Yep. She talks to him for 30 seconds, and she's like, nah, can't do anything, it's gonna contaminate him. Or, oh, no, wait, yeah, no, we're she, learning. she's like, oh, no, wait, no, no, it's fine, the risk is nothing. We're learning about the Vulcans that they like to stereotype. <laughs> they really do. They are like uh, Paul Mooney and uh, Dave Chappelle. That's that's exactly right. They believe that our worlds and our destinies are controlled by stereotypes. Uh, that's all I had. Oh, do you want to know what episodes? Yep, that's. Uh, the, I didn't write anything down for quick hitters. This is what I have. Uh, so, Matthew, what three episodes? What three Star Trek: The Next Generation episodes is this a mashup of? All right. Uh, obviously, the framing device is Data's Day. Data's Day, one hundred percent. Where Data writes a letter to Maddox. And that's and he describes all of the things he doesn't understand about humanity, and then the central plot of the episode as well. I don't love Data's Day. It is not a good episode. I'm not sure whether it's worse than this one or not. Time will tell. It's right. <laughs> it's going to get a higher. Sc- it's going to get a higher score than this one for sure. <laughs> um, in theory, that's in theory. That's right. Data, Data ha- feels out what a relationship with a human woman is like, just like Flox does with whatever this lady who has been in multiple episodes. Whatever this lady's name is, I don't remember. Um, 
so we there was a hint of up the long ladder, but it's not up the long. Yeah, ladder. it didn't end up happening. Okay. I wanted it to be up the long ladder, where at the end the solution was the two races were going to have to. Interview. Fuck, they were going to have to fuck. Yeah, they're going to have to just fucking bone down. Not that though. But uh, the third one I had was was symbiosis. Yep, it's symbiosis. Okay, you nailed right. it. Okay, okay. You fucking nailed it. I thought this was a mix of three episodes, yeah. and you guessed all three. I told you I'd be able to get this. Yep. I, yes, it's the one where yes. you got the aliens who are rich and don't do stuff, and you got the aliens who sell dr- who need the drugs. They need the drugs. It is the worst symbiosis. Yeah. So at the end of symbiosis, we'll talk about it in one year. That's right. Symbiosis was about something, so it's better. Uh, <laughs> Picard... It's on a compromise solution to undo the inequality in the societies, right? Yeah. Where you can take this medicine, but we're not fixing your starships. Yeah. So you're just going to have to learn to deal with it. Except mm. in symbiosis, what's going to happen as the result of this is the drug addicted aliens are going to lose their drug addiction. Yeah. And the aliens that are oppressing them are going to have to figure out some other way to make a living. Yep. Like, it's bad for the bad guys, and it's good for the victims. In this dumb fucking episode... Yes. The compromise solution of, we'll give you... Okay, well, we'll give you these medicines that'll make it less painful for ten years. Mm-hmm. Means... You guys are gonna die out. Mm-hmm. And another race is gonna replace you because our doctor thinks, mm-hmm. based on your DNA... That evolution wants this other race to run this planet this is as if as if evolution is a person this is a theory of an insane person it is a it is a theory that an insane person who does not understand evolution yes right which yes again is the idea that these changes must occur in response to external pressures mm. and that they are essentially random that there is no agent or agency no one is deciding yes. or picking ahead of time. Yes, things are sele- the term they use is selected for, but it doesn't mean that someone is fucking picking and choosing. Right. The the core premise of evolution is that the organisms that have by random chance yeah. already adapted to the changing conditions will survive preferentially. Yes. Or the ones that have got a, a mutation suddenly. That makes them yes. better or whatever. Yes. However, the doctor on this ship, and by extension, the writers of the episode. And by further extension, the captain of the ship. And and then the captain of the ship, who just goes along with it for whatever and fucking reason. Who doesn't consult Starfleet, I think, also? That, yep, this is a good time. This would be a good time to use those amplifiers and check in. Yep. About the fate of an entire world. Decide, no, you know, we've looked at their DNA... And these guys are evolving, and they need breathing room. Yeah. Sorry, so... guys. You did. Let's withhold a cure. That we have. Fox straightforward says he's already invented <laughs> from it's, this other race. It's it is a for a Star Trek episode. It is baffling. It is the opposite of symbiosis. That is correct. It is the same. Solomon cut the baby in half compromise solution yeah except it's wrong-headed and backwards yep i agree well i, I passed your i passed your test what did this shit episode I, get you nailed the test uh we gave it uh i gave it 11 and you gave it 14 you know this was six points better than cathexis 
Oh, it was much worse to watch. Yes, much much less pleasant. Yeah, just like the DS Nine episode was much worse to watch. Uh, twenty two. No, I'm sorry. Twenty five points. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not even last place this week. Next week you'll be watching Voyager first. Okay, well that shouldn't be too bad, probably. Uh, best actor. Um, I guess Flox is the quirk of this show because he's figured out what he is. Yeah, and the, his performance probably not likely to change much. Yeah. Okay. Worst actor, um, Archer. Though there were no standout especially bad actors. In he this is one. a candidate every week because he's Dracula can't act. He's not a good actor <laughs> unless. Unless your character is a guy who is always on the verge of tears, do not hire Scott Bakula. He does seem like he's not emotionally because ready. No matter what emotional position he is supposed to be taking in an episode, he's holding him he back. is about to cry. He's holding him That back. is acting to him. Yeah. He read that a good actor can cry on command. He can't do it yet. But he's he can't do that. He's not there. Yeah. But he's nailed about to cry. <laughs> for all situations. He sucks. 25 points, Matt. The winner this week is Data Lord. Oh boy. <laughs> Another one of those now, weeks. I wanna I wanna flash back here. Yeah. I wanna flash back to um to week number seven. Okay. Where we gave the week to the episode Justice. I remember it. I even remember that it's episode seven. That is what this project has done. That is very bad. <laughs> I want to point out that we also gave Justice five more points than we gave Data Lord. Yeah, it's not like we gave Data Lord an amazing score. No, it won this week with 36 points. Yeah. You gave an episode this week eight points, which is a tie for your lowest score. Yeah. Um, I just... Data Lord is your fault, for sure. Just... You gave it 21 points. What did you rate as the best one? Menagerie 2? My best with this week was Menagerie 2. No, Definitely. Nothing even happened. It, a, it was just, it, all it was was flashbacks. It was a three-point fall-off from the week before, for sure. Yeah. But it wasn't, I mean, it was still something. Well, I mean, compared to Voyager, it was something. Yeah. So, I mean, Voyager, literally nothing happened. I didn't, I didn't understand what that episode was. Yeah. Uh, Datalore. Datalore wins. Yeah. Um, I'm proud. It brings TNG's total to, uh, to six out of twelve. Wow! So we are uh, we are back now to fifty percent for TNG. All right. Uh, TOS is behind with four Voyager and Enterprise have one each. Deep Space Nine still gets a goose egg, though there was no chance of it not happening with Battle Lines. Yeah, that was that was also a nothing episode. God damn it! Please uh, tell me next week has something promising. Uh, next week. I feel like there is a chance for one of the back three to steal an episode. That's not a good because sign. we have uh, for TOS the Conscience of the King. I don't actually remember which one that is. It's Hamlet. Oh, it's the one with the actors that. that yeah, Kirk, the traveling actor uh, company, Jesus. one of whom is the murderous governor. No, oh, that's not good. Okay, all right, shit. <laughs> for the next generation, we have Angel One. Oh fuck. Here's the premise. What if women ran society? I know. Can you just write that one down now? It ain't, it's not going to be something else. That's the premise. Oh, God. Okay. Well, They're going to talk about it a lot. That's a really bad start. This is going to be a bad week. For Deep Space Nine, the storyteller. Oh, now, what? 
It's probably not a great episode, like in art terms. But you remember it. But it's entertaining, and it's got a lot of O'Brien, and there's been almost no O'Brien so far in Deep Space Nine. Hey, I wonder if Keiko's back from Earth yet. Who knows? <laughs> I know once there was a Dalrock. No! <laughs> I fucking know that about it. Good. I'm glad that's uh, in it. Voyager, Faces, who knows? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Enterprise, Sleeping Dogs. Okay. Could be anything. Is that about Artemis? What's that's the fucking dog's name? It's Por- Porthos, right? Porthos, yes. Is it that's about why Porthos? You keep, that's why you keep talking around it? That's right. Uh, uh, sleeping Dogs, could be anything, who knows? Yeah. That's... Probably not going to win, it's Enterprise, but... I'm really worried. That seems like another there... really bad slate. There is a chance a bad week, for sure. It's going to be real hard to get a jump on them. Because when are you going to want to sit down and watch Angel 1? I don't know what I don't know when they're going to get good. It's really hard. Uh, well, look, the week after this. Uh, so we're going to get through week 13. It's going to be bad. Okay. The week after this, we have for TOS, Balance of Terror. Oh, okay. It's Romulans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty Mark good, Leonard. right? It's Mark got Sarek. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, for TNG, 11001001. Oh, that is, yeah, okay, yes. Maybe it's not good, but it's fun. It's very fun. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, for Deep Space Nine Progress, who cares? For Voyager, Jatrell. That doesn't even seem like anything. Uh, for Enterprise, Shadows of Pajem. That's got to have some continuity. Oh, because that was that monastery. That's that monastery that's a spy station. Okay, so 14 looks so we'll promising. Get the Andorians will be back for sure. We'll get the Vulcans again. So if we can be a whole thing. get through the so struggle of 13. Week 13 looks poor. <laughs> looks like it's going to be a poor week. But... Hey, you know what? Hang tight. Sometimes... In a month, in a mere month, we'll be talking about maybe better episodes. Here is my... Here's how I'm going to talk us into week 13. You know, sometimes you look at the college football slate and you're like, oh, look at all these great intersectional matchups. This is going to be an amazing week. And it's kind of... You watch it and it's kind of like, meh. And then, like, the next week you're like, oh, well, now everyone's playing a bunch of dumpster teams. But then, like, someone pulls... Someone pulls an Appalachian State or something. Yeah. And it ends up being a really exciting week, and you didn't expect it. That's not that's not what's going to happen, I guess. That's probably not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Uh, tweet at us at BrotherDate. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, visit us at BrotherDate.com. Uh, play along. Two weeks in a row without Ben. I know he was trying He's to out. catch up. Ben, maybe you can catch up for week 13? He's out. What, has he got like a new baby or something? What's his fucking Man, excuse? It's almost like he has a new baby. Ugh. But the problem is, without Ryan and Ben, we got nobody. Yeah, so it's just this is just you and me, but but we have structure and we have a rubric. Oh, that's and true. We have a spreadsheet. It's true. And you know what? Anytime we have a spreadsheet, y'all take a spreadsheet over Ben anytime. Yeah, fuck that. I spent time on this spreadsheet too. I know you did. I know. I've seen it many times. I use it yeah. each week to find out what episode I have to watch next. Yes. Um. Yeah. Join us next week. All right, everybody. It was fun. Bye. Bye. Shoot the shit out of Fucking kill those dudes. Fucking shoot them. How can we make our weapons, like, insane, like, the strongest they've ever been? Because I want to fucking murder beef these em. people. Let's beef the guns up and shoot these assholes. If they're not dead in an hour, it's your head. Please subscribe.